And it's time now to join me! It's Talking Bollocks! Yes! I am back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cyborgs and aliens. It is me, Howard H. Smith, your mate who talks bollocks. Hello, welcome to Talking Bollocks. Um, This is the podcast that talks fucking bollocks. If this is your first listen, yep, it's this, it's shit, all the way through, just me, jabber, 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 and some interviews. But you know what? Stick around. You might have a laugh. You might hear something you haven't heard before. Whatever. Why am I trying to sell my own fucking show in the first 30 seconds? Why am I trying to sell my own show in the first 30 seconds? Trying to convince people to listen. You're already listening. You're already listening. Thank you. Thank you for popping by, for stopping by. It's very good to see you and hear you and feel you. Because I feel you. Anyway, um, let's do it. Here we go. <gasps> My name is Howard Smith. I am the lead singer of rebooted UK thrash band Acid Rain. You can get us at Acid Rain UKAC on Twitter, Acid Rain forward slash thrash metal on Facebook. We are pretty much everywhere, acidrain.co.uk. I also do stand-up, have done that for about 20 years. The the time I've uh, I've spent doing stand-up tends to fluctuate depending on how I feel, but that's the way it goes. You can get me at www. Yep, I'm saying it. www. Yep, fucking twice. .co.uk. Hey, www.keithplatt.co.uk at Keith Platt. My name isn't Keith Platt. No, you're thinking, who the fuck's Keith Platt? Keith Platt is my comedy character. Uh, that I do via stand-up, the medium of. And then there's Talking Bollocks, the podcast, which is here right now. You want to find us on Twitter? Find us. You want to find us on Facebook? Find us. Don't know why I'm saying us. It's kind of like that whole boxing thing, isn't it, where they say, yeah, we're going to go in there, we're going to knock him out. There's no we, mate. There's just you, you fucking dickhead. Anyway... What I'm saying is, come along, join the party, social media, be social, be antisocial, what the fuck ever. That's the intro out the way. Hello, welcome. Uh, That's all the crap done. That's all the housekeeping done. So, here we are. What's coming up in the show this month? Well, this month, this week, this now. I always start out with what has been happening in the world of metal. And um, it's been a while since we spoke. I hope you enjoyed the count them, five and a half hours of programming that I gave you to listen to over Christmas and the New Year. I thought that was kind of nice of me. I thought that was pretty cool. I mean, admittedly, it was all based around the Hardwired album um, by Metallica, in case you didn't know. Um, But look, I I had some really good feedback from you guys um, as regards those podcasts. So thank you very much. And please do feedback. It is nice to know. I mean, you know, I am just sat in my front room talking shit, talking bollocks, if you will. It is nice to hear from you guys occasionally if you like what, if you like, or if you don't, just any kind of feedback is all good. It's all good. So you can find us on Twitter, find me on Facebook. And also if you want, I'll go old school. Fucking email me. Go old school. Howard at allabouttherock.co.uk. And once again, I must thank All About The Rock, who continue to support the podcast, which is fucking awesome. Um, Especially when you see what happened to Total Rock. Hey, see what I did there? Hey, see what I did there? Um, Yeah, of course, um, Total Rock. um, Sorry, Team Rock. Not Total Rock, Team Rock. Uh, went went down, went under just before Christmas, um, taking Metal Hammer um, and Classic Rocks and just some great publications with it. Um, it was really sad. I, knew, I know people who worked on there 
um, people like Dave Ling, uh, Malcolm uh, Malcolm Dome did a bit of work for them. Um, so yeah, it, that that was that was really um, really sad. But then it, it all kind of came together. The metal community came together. Uh, big shout out to Orange, Orange Goblin who. Um, Started a Kickstarter straight away to help all of those who were uh, who lost their jobs because they literally turned up for work. Oh, the gates are locked, no work. This wasn't a you know being made redundant or anything like that, and it was just before Christmas. So Orange Goblin did a um, did a sound job of doing a Kickstarter and trying to raise some money for for all of the affected over Christmas. So that was pretty cool, um, and um, definitely the people who won were the people who sold Team Rock to. Team Rock. They sold the Team Rock package. They sold all those publications for ten point four million three years ago. Bought them back off the liquidator for eight hundred grand three years later. Fucking hell! That is unbelievable, isn't it? That is that's a serious piece of business. That is that is a serious piece of fucking business. But um, anywho. It's back. Uh, hopefully, the, the, the publication's back. There's going to be... It, it, it continues, and that's the main thing. That is the main thing. So what else has been happening? Um, <laughs> a couple of Megadeth-related stories. It's got to be done. Dave is still going on. I think the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is opposed to me being in there. Dave, you are in there. You're in there by association, okay? Metallica are in there. You wrote songs on the first three albums or a few riffs here and there. So you're kind of in there. That's as close as you're going to get. Metallica are the biggest heavy metal band of their generation. Megadeth aren't. You're not even top five. You're not even top ten. You haven't changed the face of music. I'm sorry, that was Metallica. You're not getting in, Dave. You can moan all you like. You are not getting in. Uh, I think the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, as opposed to me being in there, I think the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame doesn't think about you at all, Dave. I really don't. But anyway, good luck. I mean, as we, I, I did mention previously on the podcast that he is doing this. Um, he is doing this. You can camp in Dave's garden. Brilliant, isn't it? I mean, you know, why go to a festival when you can camp in Dave Mustaine's garden? Hey, I mean, I know I'm, I'm I know I'm, I mean, I know it's like an estate and all the rest of it. You're still camping in Dave Mustaine's fucking garden. Who's buying a ticket for that? In fact, if you're a, if you're a bollocker, if you're a bollocker, if you're listening to this and you've bought a ticket to go and sit in Dave Mustaine's garden, yeah, fucking unsubscribe now, okay? Because uh, you know you just need to go and get some help. Simple as that. Six grand, the top ticket is six grand. Yeah, I mean, frankly, I'd want to get blown by Dave for that. I wouldn't want just I wouldn't want just a fucking a rug over my knees and hear some Megadeth fucking war stories. Oh, I, 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 I want my money's worth. And 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 the the latest thing they're offering, uh, the late. I mean, uh, this this just absolutely blew me away. Right, Dave Alefson is going to be giving. A, include a meditational program and church service, a non-denominational church service. I mean, guys, what more do you want from your thrash metal heroes than a non-denominational service that they that they preach? I mean, isn't isn't that what you live for? Isn't that what you live for? You want to see your heroes. St- 
stop doing drugs, stop writing fucking brilliant music, stop touring all over the place. What you want to see in years, years to come, is you want them to get their lives together, to get off the alcohol, to get off the drugs, put on the dog collar, and start preaching to people in a field who've paid six grand to be there. It's the fucking dream, isn't it? That that's by the way, if you're new to the podcast, that was sarcasm. Um or sarcasma, as it's otherwise known. So, um <laughs> there's honestly there's so much to get through here. I am I'm gonna have a bit of a chat with you now up front. We're gonna do we're gonna have the interview with JT from Famous Last Words. Um, and then I'm going to do my uh, my top five of 2016. Um, but other news, Vector. Um, shout out to Dave of Vector. Uh, basically, Vector was four people. It is now one. That's right. The other three members have decided to to kick it in. But uh, but Dave is keeping it going. So that's the main thing. So shout out to Dave. Um, what have I been up to? Well, believe it or not, this time last week, I was in the rock and roll city of Basingstoke having a Mexican meal with none other than Godlass, Godlass, <laughs> Godless, formerly of the Metal Sucks podcast. Um, now, uh, those guys have got a new podcast out. It's called The Metal Podcast, so go look for it, um, and or just look up Chuck and Godless. Um, uh, yeah, don't try too hard, because obviously, you know, it's competition. But seriously, those guys are cool. So Godless and I had a really, really good chat, uh, uh, catch-up. Last time we actually... We actually I actually saw him. We had a meal in Dublin when I was uh, on tour there in 2015. Um, so it was good to catch up with him. Obviously, he's been on the podcast a few times. And um, and, and I'm hoping that I can get Chuck and Godless on here as well and turn the tables on them and kind of do, uh, you know, them being interviewed by me as opposed to always hearing them interviewing other people. So that should be pretty cool. Um, bought a couple of tickets um, in the last couple of weeks. for I bought a ticket for December to see Fish. Uh, formerly of Marillion and probably my the greatest ever front man for me, the, my personal biggest influence. So I'm going to see him in December. That's going to be his second to last tour for his lining up retirement. So that's um, that's going to be pretty amazing. Playing the Marillion album Clutching at Straws all the way through for the last time. So that's going to be pretty amazing. Um, I've also bought a cinema ticket to see um, the Ramstein movie live in Paris, which was... Um, uh, Jonas Ackerland, the direct, the famous cinema director who um, makes all their videos, um, did a concert movie of them in um, uh, when they were on the on the last tour for the Made in Germany tour, which was fucking awesome. So I've just bought a ticket and I'm going down to the Clapham Picture House on March the twenty third, um, and I'm going to sit in the one screen there. I'm going to fucking love it. So if anybody else there fancies joining me, please do come on down. Should be a good laugh. Um, seriously, it should be fucking great. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, so anyway, um, uh, and also there's been a bit of de- there's been a bit of debate in the last few months or whatever. Uh, well, not last few months, last few weeks. What am I fucking talking about? I should concentrate more when I do this, shouldn't I? Um, uh, in the last few weeks, there's been talk about the meet and greets, and some people saying, "Oh, fucking hell, you shouldn't be doing them. It's bang out of order." And then other people saying, "Well, we've got to do it, uh, you know, because you've got to reinvent the business model." And um, I thought, I bet everybody listening to Talking Bollocks would like my opinion on it. Um, I didn't. I thought I'm gonna fucking tell them. Doesn't matter, because um, that's how it goes. You know, you look, you know this score. If you, if you, you know, if you're a regular, you know this score. So anyway, um, I, I guess my thought, my thought is, if somebody wants to pay to meet a band, um, let them. 
Um, I mean, ultimately, uh, it, it, we're way beyond the, hey, man, you can't be charging for... I don't know why I do that fucking voice every time I, I'm doing, like, a kind of rock, rock star or something like that. I don't know why. So I am going to I'm gonna default back to uh, Geordie Karabi, who was on a previous podcast, and uh, say, well, how, man, you can't be charging Kids Lake to fucking meet ye. It's wrong, Lake. You can't do it. You should be just meeting people anyway, you fucking rock star cunt. That's right, I managed to get cunt in. So, um, that's one That's one um, opinion. It's wrong, um, but that's one point of view. Look, the, the, basically, if bands could charge to sell fans um, their turds in sealed vacuum bags, believe me, we would. Because... We need to do everything fucking possible out there to try and get some money. Because, basically, people don't buy music anymore. We know this. I'm fucking... That's done. It's gone. That ship has sailed. I'm not moaning. But what I am saying is, don't be surprised if there's people trying to get money out of you from other places. Because it's to be expected. Now, ultimately, if you put a meet and greet package on uh, available, nobody has to buy it, okay? But the people who... I mean, look. I've also seen the argument, well, you know, metal bands should be able to meet. I've met all my heroes. I didn't pay. Yeah, that's fine. That's great. If you want to turn up at three o'clock in the afternoon with all your albums and get them signed, you know, and that's great. If you can do that, if you can take the time off work and all the right. But some people, right, might want to meet their heroes and be guaranteed to meet them. Okay? Be guaranteed to meet them. And that's what a meet and greet is. If you if you go to an acid rain show, you'll pretty much fucking meet us if you want to, because you can just walk on stage at any time and say hello. Um, uh, but we, I mean, look, we we are we are mega uh, accessible, and that's not. I mean, you know, we, we will sit in a dressing room occasionally, um, but it, you know, it's really not a big deal. Um, but if we were to if we were to put a meet and greet and, and charge for it, um, there would be people who either don't feel comfortable in a gig situation because they think oh you know I don't want to bother them because they're like they're busy or you know it all I'm saying is it puts it out there and I've got no problem with people buying those packages I've got no problem with with bands um putting those packages out there um and I think look you know times are a changing in fact they have changed so fucking everybody needs to change with them and that you know ultimately if you're going to moan about bands putting meet and greet packages out, I think there's plenty of other things that are a lot more uh, moan-worthy in the metal scene. But there you go. So that's that's my little um, my little rant on that. Um, I'll tell you what, I might have. I mean, I'm going to do my top five of 2016. I might have the first entry into my top five of 2017. Yep, Gods of Violence creator. It's that good. It is. I mean, I, I, I think it's... Um, I saw somebody recently say it's the best album since Coma of Souls. Um, it's fantastic. It is really, really good. I love it. There's a, there's a fair bit of melody in there, but it's not... You know, it's, 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 it's fucking creative, for fuck's sake. Yeah? There's melody and there's melody, for fucking... I mean, come on. Mila ain't ever gonna be a fucking choir boy. Um, there's all... I mean... It is just it is just a fantastic, fantastic album. I'm actually going to look some tracks up now on my phone. Um, man looks album up on phone whilst on podcast. This is fucking brilliant, isn't it? This is, this is what you came for! Um, or you didn't. You're here for the, uh, you're here for the JT interview. Um, so, what have we got here? Right, creator. Yeah. 
gods of violence yeah right okay so um hail to the hordes is best destined to become a classic it really is and uh, yeah i know about people bandy the word classic around oh it seriously it's, it's a it's a fucking great song I mean, it's not the best song on there, but it is just a great song. Uh, totalitarian, terror, totalitarian Terror is great. Um, but also, Lion with Eagle Winds, that's a great song. But uh, there, there is, I can't remember which song it is, actually. But there, there's almost like a Rammstein tribute on there as well. It's got a Rammstein riff and Mila sings the, the chorus in German. Um, it, it's, it's awesome. It's really good. I seriously recommend Getting Yo Ass um, down to the record shop. And buying a copy. Um, um, so what else has been going on? Well, I'll tell you what. I, I'll tell you what. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go into. Um, I'm gonna do a little bit of um, uh, an intro to the interview now. Um, now this interview is with JT, who is the vocalist with Famous Last Words. Now I've got to say a few things prior to this. Um, you will, you'll hear a little bit of an intro on the interview that I do. Well, I'm kind of telling JT how it all came about. So there's no point in me telling you that story now. Um, but I want to thank all of the uh, the JT, uh, sorry, the JT, the Famous Last Words family, um, all of their followers. When I put a tweet out to say that um, this podcast was going to be coming up, um, JT kindly retweeted it. He he messaged me back, he said, he tweeted back saying how much fun he'd had um, with our, in our conversation. I really enjoyed talking to him. It was, a, it was very enlightening. It was a lovely, lovely chap. Re- so creative and so just fucking switched on. It's It's great to um to speak to people like that and um it's inspiring frankly as a, as a fellow vocalist it is it's inspiring and um we had a we had a we had a really cool chat, chat as you're going to hear but anyway he yeah he tweeted me back and and I just want to thank all of the famous um last words family for it. they just tweeted the fuck out of it i mean retweets likes and it's just really appreciated um and um, uh, uh, Famous Last Words are not the typical kind of band that I'd normally have on the podcast. Um, but you'll hear why I had them on the podcast at the beginning of this interview. Um, quite unique circumstances. And um, I am going to be finishing the, the podcast with a, um, a Famous Last Words song. Uh, um, uh, well, when we get to the end, obviously. But in the meantime, I'm such a mumbling, bumbling twat tonight. In the, and tonight, because I am actually recording this at night, I'll try not to do that again because that's going to throw you, isn't it? Because if you're walking around in the middle of the day and I say night, you're going to be, what the fuck, Howard? Anyway, all fucking about aside, um, this was my very enjoyable conversation with JT from Famous Last Words. Hi, JT. Hello. Hey, man, how's it going? Oh, really well. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Cool, Am I supposed to see you right now? Um, no, it probably best. It's lovely to see you, but it's probably best that we do it. <laughs> we do it without the camera because it it means that we get a better bandwidth. Okay. Um, do you want to just call me back and do a, a regular um, voice one? Uh, yeah, or just just switch, if you can just switch your camera off, that'll work a treat. How about that? Yay! You did it. All right, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> cool, man. Um, uh, sorry about all this. It's, I've just had a kind of nightmare uh, uh, travel um, disaster, but you know. Yeah. Oh, what happened? Um, oh, just the you know the usual bullshit. Uh, tube station, <laughs> tube, tube station shut. So I had to get another thing, and then got a bus, and then there's an accident, and walking in the rain, and you know. Oh yeah, the first world problems. Every single one of them. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Sounds like it. Yeah, absolutely. And and to top it all off. 
Um, I uh, I thought I'd send you I thought I'd send you a Skype request and uh, and say look I'm running late, but it, it turns out there's two of you on Skype and I chose the one that's not you. <laughs> so um, so yeah, t- really? Yeah. Oh weird. Yeah, so, <laughs> so so someone else has got an, aca- an account with uh, the same idea as you. And uh, and I've I've sent them a friend's request and telling them that they we're doing an interview. So uh, oh, what little fuckers! Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it's typical, isn't it? I had two to choose from, chose the wrong one. Yep, always, <laughs> always, always. Um, but um, a lot. I, I'm I, I give, kind of fill you in on the um, uh, on on what it is we do here at Talking Bollocks. Um, All right. Uh, basically, um, I was in a um, I was in a. Uh, a thrash band back in the day um, uh, in the UK called Acid Rain and we um, a long time ago but we kind of came back or at least a version of the band came back uh, last year but in the intervening 25 years I've spent 15 years being a stand-up comedian Um, and uh, so that's how I've like you know kept kept performing and now back doing the band but the one thing that's remained constant in obviously in my life is 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 the love of heavy music and and this podcast is a chance to just basically um you know talk metal with people which is what i love doing and talking bollocks which is what i do naturally so awesome uh, so um so it's good to have you on here thank you very much for coming on thanks for having me man no not at all not at all and i have to say a huge huge um shout out to jen um who has done an absolutely fantastic job um i mean never never have i been pursued so politely and so ravenously than uh, than than by jen uh i mean we've we've been we've been trading emails for a good few months to try and organize this oh uh, yeah she's a sweetheart she's she's amazing she's absolutely amazing um so yeah she's been really cool really cool so um Anywho, that's all the that's all the upfront stuff. Um, now, the, the truth of this is that Jen um, emailed the podcast and said, "Look, you know, um, uh, I'm I'm working with this um, I'm working with this band. Um, they're absolutely awesome. Um, you know, would you be interested to do an interview?" And and I don't know why, but the email didn't 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 get to me, and they got to me late. And um, I was um, and I was kind of like, "Oh, this is this is interesting." So. Um, I uh, I decided to do my research on you guys, and the first thing I saw was three albums, three concept albums. Right, okay, you got me. I'm interested. <laughs> uh, that's fucking weird. No one does that, but apparently they do. Um, so then I started doing, and so then I started looking into the videos, and the first video I came across um, uh, was kind of like. Uh, sort of seventy-five percent music video and twenty-five percent kind of public awareness broadcast about suicide. Um, that was that was the first one you came across. That's the wow. first one I came across. Yeah, and I was like, nice. And straight away, I was like, right, okay. So I did more dig. And look, the the reason we're doing this interview is is that straight away, what struck me was right, okay. There seems to be something more to this than 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 just a band there seems to be a genuine kind of almost like it's almost like a cause um and i i, I don't know am i going am i am i going mad is um, am i in the right ballpark it just seemed that there was there was something more at work than a bunch of guys who just wanted to play some sh- you know play some tunes definitely um i and i think it's not even 
just the, a cause as much as it is my my own personal fascination with the human mind and the subconscious and and uh, you know just my own my own kind of things that I'm really fascinated by like death uh, our second album it's called Council of the Dead yeah and it is all about um, death <laughs> yeah and that, that's where that that one video you saw came from yeah um, that was actually the last two songs on the album and uh, re- really it's the the reason I started playing music was uh, for myself <laughs> I started yeah. playing as a therapeutic kind of outlet, and that's that's how that was my core. Um, I, and then I started writing things that you know excited me. Like I I really like uh, the Twilight Zone. I like weird kind of out there sci-fi twists and stuff like that. Like that's always really been interesting to me. And we decided, fuck it, we're not going to listen to them. We're gonna we're gonna do a concept album that follows the story. We said, oh, okay. We'll, we'll just write our own. And, I mean, what they meant was don't do concept album. <laughs> Not, don't do Phantom of the Opera concept album. Yeah. Uh, so we ended up writing our first one, which is called Two-Face Charade. And that that's sort of the first one that I really got to do some research into uh, into what, your, what the human mind is actually capable of. And it is just unbelievable it takes it takes roughly i don't know maybe like six it's always taken around six months to do the correct research to to be able to properly portray these characters yeah. and make it be- believable and interesting yeah and um god <laughs> uh, some of the it's yeah it's just mind-blowing and it's fascinating to me so but um yeah, we, we, I, we write what we want to write, and we're just, I consider myself and the, the whole band incredibly lucky to have people, our fans, who are equally as excited about the music and the storytelling and, and you know, the albums and the story, just everything as a whole instead of just the music. Yeah. They're equally as excited as we are. So when it starts, we're, we're, we're doing it for ourselves. And we're just lucky to have people who also love it with us. So it, it, yeah. instead of having fans, it's more of like a, something we share. Yeah, and and also I think the um, uh, it's it, it's it, I mean you're you're really setting yourself out. You're really setting yourself a, a tough a tough call there because you're you're effectively writing you're effectively writing writing a kind of well you're effectively writing a, a screenplay. Um, yeah. The, the, the uh, set to music, basically. Yeah, that and that's exactly how I um, how I look at it too. I'll I'll come up with the the concept and the story, and I'll put, sort of get a skeleton uh, together, and I'll figure out what each song is going to be, what each song has to say, and once I figure out what each song is going to, you know, what part of the story that's going to be, you, I start having to look at it as if I'm scoring a movie because yeah. I'm trying to capture the right vibes, the right um, emotions for what's going on in the stories. And, you know, just like a movie that's improperly scored, if you don't do it right, it's not going to have the same impact. So that's why there's uh, there's so much more that goes into these albums than just, you know, oh, let's write a song, let's get together and just bullshit until something sounds kind of cool. Or let's go into a studio with like five riffs 
and write an album like that happens and that just blows my mind yeah i know same here it blows my one thing's always blown my mind is overwriting when bands like say like yeah we're going in with like 18 songs and we're you know we'll, we'll pick the best 11 i'm like Christ. I'm so happy you just said that. <laughs> I'm so happy you just said that because I so, I agree one thousand percent. We this band has zero B side tracks. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, and the reason is like, well, one it being a concept, you can't really add or subtract a song because you're adding and subtracting from the story. Then yeah, so we go in with like twelve, thirteen songs. These are the twelve, thirteen songs we're we're recording. Period. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So there's, and, the, and the, yeah. the producers are always like, "Oh, what, weird. Okay, like, <laughs> um, yeah. they're not used to that. Like, full albums. We'll, we'll record our album in pre-production in full, in its entirety, yeah. and then bring that to the producer, and that's we'll just re-record it again. And that's that's how we've done the last three. Yeah. Yeah. So there's 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 no there's no director's cut of one of your albums coming where there's like you know. Three extra, because nope. they're chapters. Yep, exactly. And you can't just, I mean, if you wanted to, you could add, but just taking away, unless there's like already too much, it's, 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 it's by the point, by the time we're, we're working on the music and, and the lyrics and everything like that, the story's already set. Like, I've already developed the story for months, done all the research. Once, once the story is set, it's good and it stays that way. And that happens because um, really after you spend months developing the story and you get a story that has really good flow, you're, yeah. if, as long as you translate that well with your music and the lyrics and everything, um, similar to how, like I was saying, you would score a movie, then your album is going to have that same flow. Um, and, that, and that's why the listenability to some of the album, well, I feel like the listenability to our uh, three full-length albums is so just effortless. Like, you can put it in and listen to one song, just all the listen to the whole album all the way through, and just, that's the way. Some people prefer to do that. Like, they won't skip songs, or they won't just listen to one song because they want to listen to the whole story. And yeah. I think that's that's just really cool. Well, also, I think it's um, I'm one I, again from my my point of view. A recurring theme of my podcast is I, you know, I'm I'm the lyric writer. I'm a lyric writer for my band, and you know, we we are like it or not entering a time where lyrics seem to become less and less important as people don't have you know as, uh, don't have the or rather aren't interested in the access to to the lyrics. Um, it's not. It's 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 great that your fans are so. Um, are so in tune with you know what what the message is what everybody you know what what's being said as opposed to it being superfluous to you know you know you know ultimately bands putting lyric videos out like you know I saw your lyric video one of your lyric videos this afternoon um, and it, it's it's the it's trying to maintain how important lyrics are um, yeah it's, I, it was funny uh, when we were working on. The, the booklet inside of our, our new album CD yeah. for the packaging. We put the lyrics in there. And when we're laying it out, it's like, oh, my God, how are we ever going to fit this in this booklet? Because there's just so many words. Yeah. There's so many lyrics. And um, that's because I, I just 
I I need it. I need all those words. I I first of all, I hate choruses that are just like seven words long and it's just a bunch of held out vowels. Yeah. I hate that. Yeah. Like that drives me nuts. Um because I feel like that's just or like a lot of woes if there's just like the whole <laughs> course is like oh, 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 oh. Yeah. like oh my god you obviously have nothing to say yeah so you're just owing yeah that's cool but yeah like, you literally have nothing I mean, to say just, exactly like I I have things to say this I have a story to tell so I'm going to use all that room and the space I have to tell the story the best I can and that uses a lot of words so there's even throughout, the, especially on this last album, uh, even for repeating parts in the music, the lyrics are almost always different, unless it's the chorus. Yes. Yeah. And I think that, and it's, I really, like like I said before, I'm not really thinking of anyone else when I'm writing this stuff. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just thinking of like what I wanted to do. And well, also, it all has to I fit together as well. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but it, but it also has to fit together as well, isn't it? I mean, you you know, you're 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 telling oh, a story, yeah. and there's there, there there's themes, and there's a narrative there that 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 have to be that have to be captured. Otherwise, it's it's not going to make sense. Yeah, and to oh man, that's that's always the hardest part. Um, yeah, it's because you, you only have so much space to tell a cohesive story, right? Yeah. When, when you have, because like, let's say your song's three minutes, 30 seconds long. I have three minutes and 30 seconds to fit whatever I have to say into the song. So uh, that can always be a challenge. And at the same time, I don't want to write lyrics that are too, um, like, story based. I, you have to find this, this very, there's this very fine line uh, that I try to land on between vague lyrics and story specific lyrics yeah absolutely uh, in my yeah. book i'll write down each song and um i call it my must mentions so in each song i'll write down this piece of information has to be mentioned in this song period or else it's not going to make sense yeah so it takes a minute to kind of put that together and I'll have to like take it to some of my friends or my girlfriend or my parents and be like, Hey, read this real quick. That makes sense. Right? Like, cause sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, you know, there'll be details in my head that I didn't write down that it's like, Oh, so obvious to me, but to yes. an outsiders look they're they're like, what the fuck are they talking about? So it's always, it's always hard finding that, that perfect middle ground of vague lyrics for people who don't know it's a concept album they can still enjoy it because even though it's a concept album and it's telling a story, it can still have its own message. And that's kind of the point. And most songs, if you think about it, are some sort of story telling a message. Um, and they'll use like metaphor metaphors in their lyrics. I just take the metaphors and I make them, um, you know, have a purpose. And they're, they're like, if someone's climbing a mountain, like, Maybe someone's actually climbing a mountain. <laughs> like, well, uh, they, it's funny you should say all that because I'm I'm definitely identifying with your um with your parents and your friends because I have my um I have my nephew with me staying from Australia at the moment and he's a um uh, he's a screenwriter so I've I, I I'm I'm regularly being used as that as that backboard at the moment for oh yeah um, for, it's super you know, important too. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Because you're 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 right. Because you, if you know the story inside out in your head, 
you you can fall into that trap of alluding to stuff on you know within within lyrics that that doesn't allude to anything for anyone else because they don't have the knowledge that's in your head yeah you know, especially you... when you have just so limited of space and time to put those lyrics in like yeah it's it's you just got to nail it and i feel like a lot of concept albums that are that are out there some of them are so story specific that like if you don't know the story you just can't follow and it just doesn't make any sense and then it's not as impactful and yeah. then some of them are so vague that it just might as well not even be called a concept album so I, it's uh i like to think i've i found this this kind of unique middle ground that i've yeah. sort of tried to figure out over the years and i think it has to do a lot with my love for uh, musicals like i said well, are you um, are you familiar with the first Life of Agony album, River Runs Red? I am not. Right. Okay. Um, get hold of it if you can. It's a it's a it's a de- debut album, um, and and it's a hardcore album, and it's a concept album, and it's it's really worth tracking down. I mean, the band themselves is a fascinating story. I mean, this their singer has has since come out three years ago as transgender. Um, and they are, I, I mean, they they were always a fascinating band. But if you can get hold of the first, if you can get, you track it down online, The River Runs Red, the first Life of Agony album. That is a hardcore concept album. Um, and it's, uh, it, it's awesome. And it, it uh, but it, it's the, it's the only thing I can really kind of um, compare any of what you've been talking to, um, talking about too, because um, it's, it's a very, um, it's a very individual path you guys are walking. Um and do you what I mean? What comes first, music, lyrics? Does it all come together? You know, is do you all agree on the story, or do you take a story finished to the band? How does how does that kind of all fall into place? I'll usually like come up with, I mean, <laughs> I'll come up with a bunch of ideas for concepts. Um, most of them are really bad, <laughs> and most most of them. Um, don't make the final cut maybe i'll take elements from them but most of them don't make the final cut and maybe i'll be working on one concept and i'll tell the band about all about it and i'll have it all planned i'll start doing research for a couple of months and then suddenly another one hits me and it goes hey guys so check out this new concept and they'll be like wait what new, <laughs> new concepts god damn it jt and <laughs> yeah and it's always like oh sorry um, but yeah, the the story always comes first because that that's how I'm gonna base what the music needs to sound like. But all yeah, because because obviously the the, the story and each chapter slash song has to has to communicate. You know, the the music has to communicate the narrative as well. So it has to be atmospheric. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's not just lyrics; it's the music as well. So you gotta. The, the story really dictates the overall vibe the album is going to give off. Yeah, yeah. And I've noticed, um, I noticed some orchestration as well within, within, your, um, uh, within your tunes as well. And, um, it, it, but you slight, used slightly differently. Um, it, I, I just kind of had a feeling like it was, it, it, you know, it, it was kind of it's low in the mix, and it's it, it's it's there to sort of lend to the atmosphere, but it, it's never dominating. Yeah. Um, and I, I and again that I, I I guess that 
that comes from that you know l- looking to create the atmosphere and 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 help the tune communicate exactly what the you know the narrative and the emotions require exactly cool cool i mean and is, is that is 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 that within the band i mean you know i'm just purely interested in the um um in in the practicalities is there is that anybody play keyboards within the band or do you or do you trigger that live um for the the for like the ideas for the concepts and stuff uh since since council of the dead i kind of took over um before for two-faced charade our old bass player and myself were on a drive we were just driving and we were just talking about random shit and we just kind of came up with that story idea and so after we came up with that story, I got really into it and I started working on it. And then um, my sister actually wrote a short story that we released with the album. Ah, right. Okay. So um, me and, you know, I, me and her bounced ideas off each other all the time while we were writing. And it's funny because the album and the lyrics were actually written before the short story was, which is so back words than what it usually is yeah absolutely so um yeah so it's uh but ever since then when when like council of the dead and the incubus those those were my two brain childs <laughs> <laughs> my two brain children so i'm um, i mean i'm i'm presuming as well that obviously you're always on the eye out for you're always on the lookout for um for concepts um uh and and i mean unless you're looking at you know going away from the um uh the 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 concept route for the next album but i mean you've only just i mean the incubus hasn't been out that long has it no it was just released in september yeah so i mean is is there a part of you that 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 is it's just glad to have it out the way and actually get on with the the kind of the job of touring it um yeah, we worked on that one for a little over a year and a half. Right. Uh, it was funny. A lot of people thought we were on a hiatus. Oh, that's the that's the that's the latest thing, isn't it? If you haven't if you haven't put an album out in the last twelve months, you you know you must be on hiatus or dead. Ex- exactly. And I'm like, <laughs> wait. So when when we released our first single, someone I saw a comment and they were like, "Oh my God, Famous Last Words is back!" And I'm like, "Back." what the hell yeah what are you talking about yeah and then i saw another comment before the album was even released of someone asking when the next one was coming and i'm just like do you guys even understand how long it takes to uh not just to write a, a regular album which takes a long time but to write a full story with all the facts and the research done and then translate it to an album and then put the lyrics in. And then we always release extra content with it. Meaning like we've done um, artwork or for council of the dead, we did video clips and then in two face charade, we did the short story. We ended up doing a short film. So we always release extra content for the kids who are really into it um, for just something more for them to enjoy and to sort of understand the story a little bit better. Yeah. And that takes time. Yeah. Fucking damn. <laughs> When's the next one coming out? It's like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I, I absolutely get where you're coming from there. It's like, you motherfuckers, you've got no idea. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, yeah. 
Yeah, no, it's uh, mind blowing. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a bit like that. It's a bit like those. Oh, you know, why did you know when when are you going to play here? And you think, yeah, we we played your town like three weeks ago. Like, yeah, ex- oh my god, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and another, and another thing, it's like you know these ideas that I get and that come to my head. It's not it's not like I sit down and say, all right, I'm going to think of an idea right now. It's not like that at all. Yeah, I'll be up doing some something completely random. Maybe I'll be at like at work. Or maybe I'll be hanging out with my kid. Like, it doesn't really matter what I'm doing. Like, sometimes it just hits out of nowhere. Yeah. And I go, ooh, that's kind of a cool idea. And the gears start turning. And I go to yeah. my notes on my phone and I'll write down the idea. And, you know, if I have to do something else and kind of stop thinking about it for a minute, then I'll do something else. And sometimes I'll come back to my phone and look at this idea that I thought was really great be like, wow, that's fucking dumb. <laughs> but you know, other I know times, that feeling. Yeah, other times, you know, it doesn't happen, and I I can keep rolling with it. So, but it's it's just not it's not something I can just do on demand like that. It's yeah, it's it's got to come naturally. You can't force it. So I I just kind of stopped trying to even force it because it's just pointless. Yeah. it's like it's a waste of time. It's a waste of effort it, it, yeah. it's gonna creatively drain me if i try to keep pushing um yeah and it's, it's just so much better to have it come organically and you know maybe maybe throughout the days i'll be thinking of something and i'll think of little aspects or little details i'd like to incorporate into the next album but yeah it's you know it's it's very rare that the whole thing just boom happens which is kind of funny that I'm saying that because the last album, that's exactly how it happened. <laughs> <laughs> Which yeah, but- is, it's, it's never happened that way before. Um, it was, it was really early. It was like three o'clock in the morning. My girlfriend was asleep next to me and I'm, well, I was watching some episode of family guy. I have no fucking clue. Um, <laughs> so I'm watching it and then out of nowhere, the entire story for the incubus hit me like a train like just boom the whole thing from start to finish the first song second third fourth fifth sixth seventh eighth ninth tenth eleventh and twelfth just bam hit me and i was i wake my girlfriend up and i'm like babe hand me my phone hand me my phone i need it right now and she's like what's going on like freaking out thinking something's wrong and i was i need to write something down (laughs) (laughs) so i I get all excited and i write write the whole album story down and you know granted it changed like very minor details changed but for the most part it's uh it's still the exact same thing that i wrote down that night and but she was like half asleep when by the time i was she was half asleep the whole time so by the time I was done writing it out on my phone, I, uh, I'm trying to explain it to her and I'm saying it and I'm trying to gather my thoughts and obviously it's at its very beginning stages so I'm totally leaving out so much detail that I'm seeing in my head but, but <laughs> yeah, you know, I yeah. didn't put down on paper yet. Yeah. So I'm trying to explain it to her and she's like, I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're just sat there jabbering like a crazy person. Exactly. And then so my uh, my guitarist lives down downstairs. So I, I ran downstairs to go tell him because I figured he'd, he'd still be awake. And he was. And I, and I go up to him. I was like, Ty, Ty, you, you got to hear this, 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 uh, this new concept idea. And at this point, I was already working on another concept for the last like four or five months. And he, that's one of the moments where he looked at me. He's like, 
new concept. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, okay. And then <laughs> so I start, you know, I'm still all frantic, really excited about this idea that hit me. And I start explaining it to him, same as upstairs. And he goes, dude, I have no idea what you're talking <laughs> about. I was like, all right, you know what? Let me get back to you in like a week when I have this a little bit more refined. And maybe I'll explain it to you. And the very beginning stages of, I don't know if you're familiar with the Incubus story or not, but the very beginning stages of it, everyone was just like, I don't know, man. Like, that sounds kind of fucked up. I go, I know, it's totally fucked up, but you're not seeing the full picture here. And um, it really took a lot of uh, a lot of fine tuning to to get the proper story and message across to people and for them to completely understand it but once they finally did they were like oh yeah that's cool it's like oh yeah that's cool i just (laughs) i just like spent like almost a whole year putting this story together and now you finally get it and i get (laughs) oh yeah that's cool (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's uh that sounds about right Uh, Oh, I think it's because they've seen it through every single stage. So I'm updating them through every single stage of like, so they're like half familiar with it, half not because things keep changing a little, like minor things change. And so it really, it takes until the pretty much right when we're doing the pre-production recordings for them to finally be like, oh, Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that makes, that makes sense now. So I think the guys just kind of, at this point, they just trust me to make to make it make sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so if it doesn't, they're not too worried. They're just like, all right, just get at me when it when it's done when it makes sense. Well, it, it's funny you say that because I was I was listening to a, a, an interview with Rob Caggiano the other day, and he was he was saying like, you know, so many arguments in bands are people like you know oh no i want more of a say and blah 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 and he said look if you have got even one person in your band who has a clear vision just help them realize that vision because you are lucky to have one person with any idea of what the fuck's going on yeah and especially like with with concept albums like oh yeah i said you have to be really specific at times but you also have to be very, you know, vague at times to make sure that other that you know it's enjoyable for everyone. Well, yeah, you could. Well, the thing is, you can't. You know, it's writing on the nose, isn't it? You 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 can't you can't lead people down the garden path and point every single flower in the garden out. You have to let them find some out for themselves, and so that's half the fun. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, seeing diff- people's different interpretations of the story it makes me uh see things from a different perspective so while they're like looking at this album seeing it like they're they're kind of seeing it as if we're showing them this whole new perspective on something at the same time they're doing the exact same thing for for me and the rest of the guys because we're looking at their theories and what they uh you know what they took away from the song yeah and saying you know their predictions of what's going on and it's just like oh wow i never would have thought about that that is so cool yeah so it's like it's this whole like um uh, create to inspire inspire to create kind of uh relationship 
with the fans, which is why I feel like that's not just a fan base as much as it is like we're all fans together of yeah. famous last words. Yeah, and and I think that um, when you were saying about doing all the extra content and all the rest of it, I think you know that that is what inspires loyalty from um, from fans as well because they oh, realize definitely. they realize that you d- you don't have to do that shit, but you're doing it because it what you do means a lot to you, but you also know how much it means to other people. And you, you know, it, like you said, it's, it, it's, you know, you're all, you know, you're all feeling the love, you're all feeling inspired and, and, and you're able to, you know, share in that journey as opposed to band here, audience there, we'll, we'll tell you what's up and you just, you know. Yeah. It's all, it kind of goes to that, to the big thing of people saying like, do you listen to your own band's music? And people thinking that that's a big ego thing. And the way I look at that is, fuck yeah, I listen to my band's music. I write music that I like to listen to. Yeah. <laughs> and we do the extra content because we we thought that that would be cool. And I just, you know, we're like I said before, we're lucky to have other people who also think it's cool, who also like easter eggs in in stories and in albums and i enjoy putting them in there for people to find out like it's i i'm a fan of what we do and our fans equally so it's not it's not an artist fan thing it's we're all fans of famous last words together and i think that's what makes the relationship so unique and special yes yeah I'm I'm in complete agreement. I mean, I think um, as you say, it's 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 doing the bits that you don't have to. That 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 that's when people realise that there's there's more to it than than you know you just you're just doing it because yeah it's, it's fun to do. You know, there's um because given the amount of work that goes into what you're doing, I mean, there's that's you know <laughs> no 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 one in their right mind would take on all of that. You know all of that building of the concept and, and everything else um, purely, be- you know, just yeah. for a laugh. <laughs> uh, yeah. I've, uh, I've definitely thought that to myself before. <laughs> and it's not, yeah. it's not like, yeah. uh, uh, obviously not a monetary gain either. It's, it's, I'm, I'm being, I'm able to express cool, like stories and things that are fascinating to me and I get to share it with people. And you know what? I've thought about this before and, if I lived in a world where I could just give this music away and still somehow make a living, that would just be the best. Like that would be yeah. so awesome. Unfortunately, you know, it's it's not that way. But if I could, I would. And it's just because I enjoy doing it so much, and yeah. I enjoy writing the music, and I enjoy writing stories. And then once we put it out there, I enjoy. I love seeing people's reactions. I love seeing people talk about it and, yeah. and have conversations about the story and what they took away from it. It's yeah. the whole the whole process is just I love every single part of it and it is a lot of extra work and it takes a lot of extra time and it costs a lot of extra money. But the reason I started playing music was to do what I love to do and that's what I love to do. So, you know. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to do it. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. And I think, um, 
you know, it, when you when you're saying it, it, it's it, it, it's all extra, but it's 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 all worth doing. Um, and also, it, it's it's kind of it's your concept, and it's absolutely. And then the minute you you put it out there, and the minute the the kids start listening to it, and it goes into the public domain, it then starts metamorphosizing into something else because exactly, and it grows know. into this yep. big idea that people can share and talk about and manipulate and change because they are perceiving it in their own ways, and just to watch it grow, like you just you just nailed it. To watch it grow is just, it's so, uh, it, it's gra- so gratifying yeah. and so exciting. It's rewarding. It's like watching, watching anything grow up. Yeah, you know? yeah absolutely. It's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's thrilling. It's, it's inspiring. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's just, it's awesome. And, it, and like you say, it, 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 it takes on, it takes on a life, um, takes on a life of its own yeah yeah and and there's there's kind of like there's yeah there's no right there's no wrong it is and that's when the characters start coming to life like people start giving the the vagueness uh of the characters that are in the lyrics they start adding their own details and um they, they grow closer to the characters in that way so to have a little bit of vagueness is actually, I think, you know, like I said before, it's, it's super necessary, not just for uh, people listening who don't know the story, but to to be able to have your mind fill in that the rest of the information. Yes. When yeah. as long as like the key information for the story is there, yeah, uh, you, you're you're gonna grow a lot closer to it if uh, if you have the ability to to fill in the, the blanks. Yeah, absolutely. Without even thinking about it. Yeah, well, I think I think if and that's the danger with writing lyrics that are too prescriptive is that is that is that you're shutting people out of uh, of your vision. You know, if you're telling them very exactly what this song is about, then there's there, there, it, there's less engagement is required. Exactly, and um, it's 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 like this. Think about uh, if you're reading a story and. In the story, there was a part where they said that I could see the evil look in the monster's eyes. Now, when you think about that, what kind of eyes do you see? Yeah. What color are they? Yeah, yeah. Are they red? Are they... Are they yellowish green? Is it? Is it also? Easy? Is it also? What's What's the monster? Is it a monster? Is it a dinosaur? Is it? Is it your your stepdad? Is it? Is it, it, a, it, is it a shadowy creature? Like yeah. When 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 you have the ability to fill that in on your own, that's that's when you can really grow close to something. It's sort of like reading a a, a really well written book. Well, I was just about that. Leads us nicely onto you've done the short story. Have you? Have you um, ever got as far as thinking? Do you know what? They, I, I could. We could actually do. We could do the novel and the and and the the, the CD and the album and do do a package with it with it act with a novel as well. Um, I I haven't yet. I'm actually. I think I'm way more interested in, in film. I right. Okay. I love movies i everything about them i love uh i love watching movies i love thinking of ideas for movies um and i i 
dipped into a little like script writing. I started one for Council of the Dead. Right. So if if I could make like a a film for each one of our albums, yeah, that would just be a dream come true. <laughs> and wow. I mean, obviously, like that's not at least where we're at. Not a hundred percent possible. <laughs> I tell you what, this this we've come full circle, right? We've come full circle right back to the beginning of the interview. I've I've just in my head, I've got a picture of your management hearing this podcast and just like face palming you know going no no <laughs> have you got any idea of the cost and the logistics and you know we go no well, we're going to do it well well we have new management now who would be very supportive <laughs> of it oh nice save nice save i like that <laughs> um well but that i mean well yeah it's that that would be like you said that that would be kind of like the ultimate achievement really um have you have you done um have you done sort of screens a, a, a kind of like you know a show with screens showing showing kind of like you know excerpts of the story filmed or, or, or have you gone that way at all? Um, in Council of the Dead, we did for the extra content in that one, we did these little video clips where we wrote a very short monologue for them to read. And it kind of it was it was the character, and we got actors to, to do this. Yeah. And we dressed them up um, post death. So this is them, and in this like behind them, it's just black, and it's their. Uh, you you could see how they died. Yeah. And they are sort of explaining a very short little synopsis of what happened and how they died as the camera zooms in. So in a sense, yes, but uh, it was very short. Right. And okay. We did that one for each each one, and then, uh, like I said, for Two Face Charade, we did a twenty-seven minute long short film. Yes. Yeah. Now that's I, that's that's a long short film. Yes, that, <laughs> it, it, that is a pretty long short film. Yeah, because when I think short film, I think seven eight minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's 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 not that's not far off a film. I mean, you get you're getting there. Yeah. Um, and then, like, if we did, if we ever did do a film for Council of the Dead, it would have to be a feature length. There's no way it could be a short film. There's just so much to fill in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I get that. I get that. Well, look, JT, um, uh, it, it's been an absolute pleasure um, to talk to you, and um, you know, I could go on for hours. Um, I know. But, I, I feel like we totally could. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We're we're all, we're agreeing way too much. <laughs> yeah. What's what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's strange, isn't it? Um, but look, I've really, really enjoyed your company, and I and I, I will definitely get you back on at some point. Have you got um, Have you got any plans to come over to the UK? Uh God, I hope so, man. I I actually just got my my passport mailed in. Uh, I I have all the means to do it. We're just waiting for the right tour. Oh, that'd be awesome, dude. Well, one thing's it for sure. Would. One thing's for sure. Jen, Jen will just definitely let me know when you're uh, um, uh, when you're coming over. But I will keep my eyes open, and um, I'll certainly uh, I'll I'll either get you on Twitter um, or, um, or or on Skype. But um, it'd be really cool. We could do part two in person. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd be fantastic, man. Cool, man. Look, I really appreciate your time. It's been lovely talking to you. And, you too. Um, Thank you for having me. Not at all. Enjoy yourself out on the road. All right. Take it easy, man. You too. So there you go. That was my chat with JT. What an absolutely 
top man. Um, and I seriously meant that. We're gonna have to, I'm going to have to get him back on as well because... Um, there's there's so much to talk about and um and i've been completing my famous last words um education since the interview as well um it's very rare that i would actually that i, I that i interview somebody where i'm i'm lit I'm, I'm kind of flying blind a bit and and also that was really cool the, the the fact that jt was willing to go with that you know you can pe- people can be a bit arsy and i include myself in that where you're kind of like, well, you know, have you done your homework or not? Am I having to fucking just explain actually who I am? But he was so cool with that because he's passionate about what he does and he want, he realises that if somebody doesn't know, it's not a case of, oh, you know, fucking I'll do your homework. It's a case of, oh, cool, this is another person to convert. This is another person to explain how it works, why we're different, you know, all the rest of it. And, and it was really cool. And there's, you know three fucking concept albums come on uh, i mean if you haven't if, if that interview hasn't sold you on at least trying uh to listen to some famous last words and see what you think to them then i i you know i don't know what will um it certainly worked on me um i went out and got the um the previous album famous last words um which i am enjoying um i urge everybody to go onto youtube and watch the one in the chamber video um it is uh, there's a there's a, a a very very cool speech which I referred to in the interview there by JT at the beginning and it's about it's about you know suicide. Um, the video is re- is great. It's really well shot, and I think it's a very good song as well. Uh, most importantly, but also um, towards the end of the song, it's basically um, lots of pictures of lots of what I uh, you know are, are kind of people who were taken too early people, and it is. It is really, really moving. It really is, um, and um, and I'm I'm loving the album, um, and um, I, it's just really cool to have him on. And I owe this all to their publicist, who you know, who badge- badgered me for about two months to do. This. I mean, to be fair, I did say yes, I'll do it. Um, and then I, and then it, it was just I was busy. We were doing our show. We were doing our Christmas show. Um, there was all sorts of bits and pieces to sort out. So, um, but it was great. I'm really glad I did it. And I, and I promise I will have JT back on at some point. Hopefully soon. Um, and um, and yeah, I mean, it was just it was really enjoyable. It was really enjoyable. Anyway, enough of the uh, Howard and JT loving. Let's um, let's move on with the podcast. And I did say in this second section that you would be getting my um, top albums of 2016. And here we go. So, as always, in no particular order. Um, first up, I am going with Prong. No absolutes. Um, I love this album. Um, I got it on vinyl. The vinyl package is awesome. Double red vinyl and a CD in it as well. And the CD has got an extra track. I mean, what's not to like? Um, I was listening to it. Um, funnily enough, I got a new, I got a new car. I'm going to go on a bit of a tangent. Tangent fans, tangent fans. Here comes a tangent. Um, I bought a new car um, a few days ago, and it's a 2013 model. And um, a friend of mine was saying it's just before the 2014 facelift um, where they slightly remodelled the inside. And when they remodelled it, they removed the CD player. So, But this car still has a CD player. So this is potentially the last car I'll ever own with a CD player in it. You never know. But it's... it's that, I mean, that made me feel fucking old and weird and all sorts. Um, but it's got a CD player in it and it kicks ass. And one of the first CDs I put in there was Prong No Absolutes. 
Um, and uh, it's just a great album. I love the production. It, as an album, it kind of reminds me of Beg to Differ. I don't know why. I don't know why. Don't fucking go out and listen to it and go, oh, what are you talking about? You're fucking wrong. Um, it, just to these ears, to these little cloth ears and my tin head, um, they, it, yeah, it, it, it sounds like fucking makes it differ a bit kind of vibey anyway um there's some awesome tunes in there some great lyrics on it as well as 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 you listeners will know i do hold a great stock um i do hold great stock in lyrics i'm a big fan of lyrics as i would be you know singers union and all that it's um it's bound to be the case but seriously it's uh, it's a great album um again i keep going over the vinyl the vinyl package is awesome really is it's really worth getting if you if you like the album certainly check it out um that is that's my advice um i suppose i should do some um i i, I again uh, i'm suddenly realizing my uh my lack of planning's gone to a new level because uh, what I should have done was gone right. Okay, these are my these are gonna be my favourite albums. What I should do is is like what are the favourite songs on it, or songs I recommend that you should check out. So, um, songs that I recommend you check out on um, No Absolutes to see if you like it. Um, uh, six do uh, track six do nothing. Um, uh, the final track, track twelve with dignity is awesome. It's, it, it, I'm pretty sure it's about how to you know breaking up you know uh, in a, re- a relationship breaking up with somebody um it's really really well written though it's absolutely superb um and um seven belief system track seven i mean it's just it is honestly it's a great album really 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 worth checking out so that's uh, my first album in the top five uh, next one's not going to be a surprise to those of you who um, who've been listening carefully. In fact, there's number. In fact, apart from the last one, I don't think any of these are going to be a surprise. Um, next up is Gojira Magma. What can I say about this album that hasn't already been said by anybody else? Um, okay, it's fucking shit. No, there you go. It hasn't it's, that's not been said? Although it's not necessarily gone down all that well with the hardcore Gojira fans, and I totally get that. Because I've bought all of their albums and I've never really managed to fully get into them. Um, they've always been a bit of a puzzle for me. It's just been too hard to get into. Whereas, as you as you know, I was raging about the first two singles, um, and 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 I was kind of saying, look, you know, just just by how these singles sound, I think this might be the album for me. This might be the Gajira up, and it is. It's absolutely awesome. Um, they they played. Um, two of my favourite tracks off it at Bloodstock just before we were well, not just before, but like when I was there when we were we were playing. It was get, I mean that was just an awesome moment to be at a festival where you know you're playing later, um, and you get to watch Gojira for fuck's sake, um, and uh, yeah, it was just awesome. Stranded and Sil uh, and Silvera um, were the two songs that they released prior to the album. And um, I love those two tracks, Saw Them Live. I mean, yeah, it sounded immense. Great album. Really, really, really great album. Um, and um, there's some very interesting lyrics um, in it as well. I mean, there's two brothers in the band who lost their mother um, whilst they were writing this album. That's some fucking heavy shit. That's a heavy fucking load to carry. So, um, yeah, it's just just a, a, a great album. Very, very pleased. Very pleased with it. Um Next up, um, released early in the year. In fact, I actually did. I did actually get an advanced copy of this in 2015, but it came out early 2016, so it makes it into the 2016 list. For me, 
Um, one of their best albums for a long time. Anthrax for All Kings. Um, had Scott Ian on the podcast this time last year. Go back and look that up. Um, also, go back and listen to the um, the Otep Shamaya interview and all of our talk about Donald Trump. How fucking wrong we were. But it's it, it, it's still interesting to listen to. Not that I spend my time going back over podcasts listening to my own voice. I promise. I promise. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Anthrax for All Kings. Um, a great album for me um, Head and Shoulders better than Worship Music um, it, it's it's just got some awesome songs in it some awesome playing um, the new guy on lead uh, is an absolute shredder there's some fucking awesome solos on it Frank Bello to me comes to the fore on the album like never before um, he sounds amazing um, some lovely little touches on the album so yeah Anthrax for All Kings brilliant um this next one, number four in the list. So that's a prong so far. Prong, no absolutes. Gojira, Magma, Anthrax for All Kings. This is not a surprise at all. They're my friends. They were on the podcast very recently. They are Billy Talent. The album is Afraid of Heights. Of course, John made that very funny joke on the podcast that um, um, that Ian spent so much time in uh, in their studio in the in the um, in the, in the dark recording this album and doing this album instead of being called Afraid of Heights, it should have been called Afraid of Light. <laughs> I've done it a disservice. Um, I mean, wow, just wow. Billy Talent are uh, so consistent. They should be called Billy Consistent. They are. Um, that's a shit name, isn't it? They're just an amazing band. They are so fucking consistent. Pick up an album of theirs. Any album. And how rare is it that you could say this? I would literally say they've got five albums out. They've got Billy Talent 1, 2, and 3. Um, then, um, oh, fuck. I, always, I knew I was going to do this. Fucking annoying. Honestly, my memory is just... I think I've smoked so much weed over the years, I, I don't actually have a memory. I'm surprised that I remember I haven't got a memory. Put it that way. Um, I would, To be fair, I always forget the, the name of this album. Dead Silence, which is a great album. And then Afraid of Heights. I mean, how many bands where you can say they've got five albums out and go and just, go and just say, oh, just, just go to any one of them? Really? Any one of them? And they all offer something different. Um, they are all unique. They And they, they've got such a unique sound. I cannot cannot praise this band high enough i really can't in fact i took pete with me um pete uh pete d acid rain's bass player um he came along with me to see them at um uh, at the roundhouse didn't did, you know knows of them but doesn't know their stuff at all or anything like that and uh, and he really enjoyed it he was like he, he couldn't believe how tight they were um what and what a great performance they were what a band what a band and afraid of heights is wow it is just amazing. It really is. So um, the song to check out... Oh, by the way, a song to check out on... Um, um, is very simple on um, uh, For All Kings by Anthrax. Check out Gotta Believe, first track. For, uh, for Afraid of Heights, um, I would say... Um, Ghost Ship of Cannibal Rats, which is track three. Track four, Louder Than the DJ, is, is kind of like the single. It's great. Track seven, Time Bomb Ticking Away, is absolutely brilliant. Do you know what? They're all brilliant. This is a war, track 10. So any of those. This is a war, track 10. Time Bomb Ticking Away, track 7. Loud and the DJ, track 4. Ghost Ship of Cannibal Rats, track 3. Just check them out because Billy Talent are so fucking talented. It's untrue. They do not get the recognition they deserve. And finally, 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 
we have album number five. Now, there were two albums up for this position. Um, and they were Flotsam and Jetsam, Flotsam and Jetsam, and Megadeth Dystopia. And as I'm pretty sure most of you will have guessed, yep, I couldn't give it to Dave. Um, <laughs> um, no, it's not nothing, not personal at all. Not like like Mustaine would ever hear this or care if he did. Um, it was just quite simply. Uh, Flotsam and Jetsam are are a band that have been very close to my heart for many years. Played with them all those years ago. I you know I know I know Michael um, very well. He's just such a top dude, um, and uh, I, I, it's just such a great album. And I just kept going back to it, and kept going back to it. And don't get me wrong, Dystopia is an absolute return to form, and it is you know pisses on hardwired for fuck's sake, um, not hard. Um, but um, it it had to be the flots. Megadeth, very, very close. If it had been a top six, Megadeth, Dystopia would have been in there. But it's not. It's top five. So it's Flotsam and Jetsam, Flotsam and Jetsam. A real return to form. It just sounds great. Great production, great riffs, great lead work. And Eric A.K. is one, one of my favourite ever metal vocalists. Excuse me. <clears throat> He's one of my favourite ever um metal vocalist probably my probably definitely in my top five best thrash vocalists or favorite thrash vocalists hang on a second <coughs> jesus christ i can't even do a podcast without coughing and drinking water whilst talking about the awesome eric ak and his amazing vocals so um so there you go yeah um and um i to keep keep the theme going i'm now going to um get through my um Get through a music player on my phone and pick out a song for you guys to listen to. Um, if you're thinking of getting into the Flotsam and Jetsam album. Um, oh, fucking hell, yeah, it sits next to the other one. There it is. Um, so it's, yes, Flotsam and Jetsam, Flotsam and Jetsam. Uh, to be fair, Seventh Seal opening track is an absolute cracker. Um, there is a song in it, number four, called Iron Maiden. It is basically an Iron Maiden tribute, but it's fucking great. Um, track six, Creeper, is a creeper. It really is awesome. Also, uh, track 11, Smoking Gun. Great ch- great tune. Great tune. I mean, with all these albums, it, I mean, let's face it, you ain't going to buy them. You're probably going to fucking stream them. And by the way, that's as good as stealing it because we get fuck all money from streaming. Um, in fact, I did work it out based on the amount of streams we've got so far and the uh, royalties, and it works out at 0.005 cents per stream. So, yeah. Anyway, who gives a fuck about all that? Give those albums uh, give those albums a listen if you haven't already. Be really interested to hear your top five, guys. Um, and and I, I must admit, um, uh, I... When we did our um, we did our Bridge End gig and uh, I've had a few people kind of like you know talking to me about the Metallica album or whatever and saying oh you know and um, and debating me on on Hardwired and I just want to say that's pointless okay because it's my opinion okay and your opinion is your opinion you hear one album I hear a different album there's no point trying to debate someone's someone's opinion when it is on art okay because you hear what you hear you see what you see that's it that's what makes it so unique and so fascinating otherwise there'd be one album that we all buy every year that's it um but anyway bit of a tangent there um 
yeah, some honourable mentions for for bands albums that uh, that didn't uh, get in there, which was um, Testament, great album, great album. Um, I and it was it was close, especially with my man, my, my friend Gene on there as well. Um, he's definitely stalling because I can't remember the name of the fucking album. Um, that was it, Brotherhood of the Snake. Should have got it. The snakes were a clue. Um, great, great album. Didn't quite make it. Um, Vector Terminal Redux again. Didn't quite make it. Um, Monty Connor's second solo album didn't quite make it, but again, a great album. Um, Descendants. Um, uh, yeah, um, didn't didn't make it. Hypercaffeinate Spasnate. That didn't make it in. Um, just, just, uh, just too many songs there. Put an EP out as well, and and I, I really found I was I played it initially, but um, I, I there's very few songs that I mean actually want to go that I that I think oh go back to that album and put it back on again. So um, so they're the honourable mentions in the uh, in the in the 2016 list, um, and um, uh, and there was what what else has been going on in metal? What else has been going on? Um, quite a lot actually. Um, but um, uh, what I want to do now is go to the... Oh, that was it. No, no. It's, um, <laughs> um, uh, Max, ha- Max, as in Max Cavaliera, has, um, has been uh, talking about Sepultura and basically said, name one song or album that Seps have done since I, since I left. Hey, name, name, name one. You can't, can you? And I was thinking, well, you know, pot and kettle to be fair, Max, because um, Soulfly, you know, Anybody name a classic Soulfly album? A fucking amazing classic Soulfly song uh, on the same level as the stuff he did with Sepultura before he left? I mean, sorry, as far as I'm concerned, we have the worst of both worlds. We have a Max and Igorless Sepultura. We have the Soulfly tribe. We have this ridiculous Return to the Roots thing, which I saw, which was just an abomination. Um, it's it, it's just you know. It's 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 not worked out well for us, and that's all that matters, isn't it? The fans, yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, the next interview is coming on now, and it is with me. <laughs> yes, this is um, as you will have known, as you'll have noticed in the intro. Um, Bloodstock are uh, Bloodstock Radio are doing a podcast. It's um, it's launching. It is now launched, so you can go and look for look for it on Mixcloud. That is um, uh, Bloodstock podcast. Look for that on Mixcloud. You can probably find it on iTunes and all the, all the other places. Listen to me pushing p- other podcasts on my own podcast. I'm f- I, I am fucking stupid, basically. Um, so this interview was uh, was done by DJ Squatter, who is the host of the um, Bloodstock podcast. There is an, excl- is an exclusive Acid Rain announcement coming up in this interview, if you haven't already heard. Um, and um, it was done at the venue at Hobo's in Bridge End, which was our Christmas show. He came along. We had a little bit of a chat. Uh, the interview was recorded, and I asked him the other day. I said, Could, "Would you mind if I stuck it on here?" And I know what you're all thinking. You must be running low on interviews. And uh, yes, I am. This has come in and saved my uh, saved my neck nicely. But um, anyway, um, yeah, this is a bit weird introducing an interview. So this is my chat with Squatter, or this is Squatter chat with me. On December the tenth, over at uh, over in Bridge End at the Hobos venue, just before the Acid Rain Christmas show. Enjoy. 
Okay, so this is Squatter on Bloodstock Radio. And next up, we're having a chat to H from Acid Rain. How are you doing, sir? I am very well, thank you. How are you? Good, I'm very well, yes. Cool. So, uh, yeah, we are uh, Bloodstock Radio, and we're, so we're doing our sort of bloodstock journeys and that sort of thing. But uh, yep. before before we do that, um, Acid Rain, uh, how's it all going? Uh, very well, thank you. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, highlight of, I would say, probably the highlight of um, since we've been back was Bloodstock. Yeah. Um, I'm not just saying that because you're here. Yes. Um... Uh, and for me personally, I think it's I think it's the highlight of my acid rain career. Um, and it, well, a, any one show it would be the highlight, definitely. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, like touring with bands like Exodus is is pretty cool. Yeah. But but as an actual, you know, I could have I could have quite happily walked into the porter cabin that was our dressing room after Bloodstock and goes, do you know what, guys? Let's just kick it in now. Let's yeah. just pack up because this has made it worthwhile yeah. and I think every single one in the band would have said you would agree with me as well yeah. and it was just the whole thing was just perfect it was a perfect day it really was from the minute we were we rocked up to the minute we left I wouldn't change a thing yeah no it was um, I mean I was I was with you for bits of it I mean you were still buzzing when we interviewed you for Bloodstock TV the day after and yeah. that was uh, good fun and uh, I also saw you literally just before you went on stage if you remember I came backstage to get my shirt signed oh, and you God. were buzzing like hell then as well yeah, and pe- yeah, peeping yeah. through the curtains well I'd been um, the thing is I'd been I'd been uh, on um, adrenaline patrol basically I had to walk away from um, from Gajira because A people kept wanting wanting selfies which was really weird um and um in fact somebody actually took a stealthy right if you want to know what a stealthy is that's when somebody who's six foot four is stood behind you and reaches over with their phone and all of a sudden i just saw this phone in my peripheral vision right and i looked at it and the guy was had, had like bent down and was at his face oh, next to mine and took a stealthy. That is a creepy stalker I, I weird, stalker selfie. But, but, the, but the truth is, the truth is that I was um, I was watching Gajira and they played two songs of Magma that I really wanted to hear. But what I found was that I when I once I kind of really was sort of watching them, I found myself watching them playing watching them play then then thinking about we're playing later and straight away the adrenaline starts going and you can't have that at, at like you know half past seven when you're going on at 20 to 11 yeah so it was a case of just i just had to walk away because i couldn't i couldn't watch i couldn't control my adrenaline because it just kept i kept thinking about we're going to be doing this we're going to be doing this um yeah so i actually had to to, to leave but you, you, but you are you are an, you are an excitable chap well, has to be said. well it, it, yeah but it's it's kind of like it's sort of kind of responsible as well do you know what i mean you have to you have to if, if I'd just watched Gajira and had, you know, and been buzzing and all the rest of it, and it's like, uh, that's not going to go away, you know, and I'd have walked on stage knackered, yeah. you know, and you can't do that. It's not. And also, I went off and actually ended up finding the. Um, Paul hauled me over and we found the pink top hat. So that was actually bought, you know, just a few hours before the show. Yeah. Um, but um, funnily enough, we've ended up going straight into Bloodstock, and I had. I, I, which is entirely my fault. You, That's fine. You, asked, you asked what the you know, what, what how's it going? It's going very well. We are um, we're going to be releasing another single. Okay. Um, which is going to be called The Man Who Became Himself. Yeah. Um, that's coming out prior to our very first headline tour. Um, yes. Which is the jokes on uh, the jokes on us. What am I like? <laughs> it's the um, uh, it's the April Fools tour. That is a little that is a little callback to a joke that we played um, a few years ago where we photoshopped a, a download poster 
and put up that we were on that we were <laughs> going to be playing download yeah. and then when we announced that it was an April Fool um, quite a few people well a few people threw their toys out of the pram and you know sent us messages and said well they were going to stop following us and all the rest of it because yeah. that wasn't funny yeah. um, uh, the way I see it you know they, they obviously did yeah. us a favour yeah. Um, no, I did. So I did a, a few. I did a few. I did a few rumours. I think the first time I heard was when um, I think it was the Rescue Rooms, Nottingham, um, when you sang with Reanimator. I think was it when yeah. you did a song with them. Yeah. And I was standing chatting with standing with the Zentrix guys, and uh, I can't remember which, which one of them said, but it was like, I, I think they'll be back. Look at him; he's he's he's, he's ready. He's ready to be back. <laughs> well, so. yes, and the tr- and as it turned out, I was the only one who was ready. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So um, so yeah, uh, at that point. To be honest, it was it was it was in the balance because I just heard from Ramsey that he was out. Yeah, um, and, and that was that was almost kind of like the lowest point. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Anyway, uh, everything's going well. We're back, releasing a new single, doing the headline tour, and I have to say, leading into Bloodstock. Yeah. I think we wouldn't be doing a headline tour if it wasn't for Bloodstock because um, I mean, Zentrix were back three years before they. They went out on a headline tour with us as support. Yeah. Well, we'll be we'll have been back exactly eighteen months. Yeah. When we embark on our first headline tour, so I think I think that special night in twenty sixteen, the summer yes. twenty six, I think that very very special night will it has had you know a, a major played a played a major part in the fact that we're going to be doing a headline tour, kind of eighteen months ahead of schedule. Yeah. Well, um, I'll probably be there for a few of them, knowing me. Um, sure, you will. I was there for the first three of those. Like a, like a welcome stalker. <laughs> You'll be there. Uh, yeah, I might use that as some sort of tagline ba- on something. Banging on windows. Let yep. me in. <laughs> Let me yeah. in, as always. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, yeah, rewind you back to Bloodstock 2015. I remember seeing yes. you and Pete there um, yeah, and chatting around. I think that's probably the first time I actually met you. Actually. I think Pete well, introduced me. Um, well, again, I was there I was there to um, do um, Too Drunk to You Know What yes. um, with... Um, with reanimator yeah and uh so yeah so giving us a little bit of a of a, of a background to the way these things work because that's what these podcasts are all about basically yeah. so so did, did you because you and people were very, very cagey and obviously yeah. at that point what would that have been that so that would have been before you'd done the gigs with centrix but you'd have had plan of the damned would have been out for a few months by then yeah so we knew you that you were back and you were gonna and in fact i bought my ticket in the june so you were definitely gigging so i was remember i remember trying to get sort of information out of you as to oh, hint you might be playing in next year maybe and not getting anything out of you but yeah. did you know at that point um sort of uh, i mean we hadn't played a live show yet um but the funny thing is i mean uh, you know fair play hammerfest were the first pe- first people to offer us a gig and we hadn't we hadn't played a show yeah we hadn't announced any shows and hammerfest yeah. actually you know offered us a offered us a festival slot the irony of course being it was the first gig that we got offered for when we came back uh, we never ended up playing it. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, because the van stuck on the motorway. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, yes, sort of. Yeah, I'm not trying to be. Um, I'm not trying to be cryptic, but um, the the slot that we ended up playing, headlining on the Saturday, was the slot that was discussed with somebody from Bloodstock. Okay. Um, with Pete and myself. Yeah. And and it was and that was that was like what do you reckon and i was like yeah absolutely yeah and we i mean we literally we discussed the night we discussed feet everything but then from there then it, it then then it all goes quiet for you know even more than six months and you're just thinking what, what's happening is it going to happen what's yeah going on? and it was this, it's you know it had previously been discussed yeah and then there was a bit more uh, and and it came back and went uh, you know and, we, and there was a you know it's all on it's it's done it's you know the offer's in 
Style scene, signed, sealed and delivered. Yeah. So, well, I think that, if I remember rightly, I, I believe there was a Bloodstock representative at that first night in Nuneaton, if I remember rightly. Yes, there um, was. And yes. Well, that was the same representative that was that, yes. that we had discussions with. Yeah, well, I would have thought yeah. so, because, I mean, you know, that first night, it was just, just stupendous. And yeah, it was just it was like, right. yeah, it was really, really good. So I would have thought that that probably would have been like, yes. I yeah, I mean, it. It, was, it, was, it was great that um, he came, of course, to Nuneaton. Yeah. it will forever be known yeah um and and, and I, I mean he's, he's like in fact i remember in the middle of blind aggression because in the middle of blind aggression i usually go to the bar and get a beer yeah and uh and said representative was at the bar he tapped me on the shoulder and he was like and, and he just said this is great and yeah. um and like you know and i saw him after he was like we're having a conversation about you guys yeah, tomorrow yeah. you know yeah um, so yeah, it was it was cool. It all it all just came together. You know, the stars aligned. The weird thing is, the stars aligned to to you know behind the scenes, and and then the night itself. Everybody I've spoken to, everyone I've spoken to, um, has it, it has had the same opinion. And it's you know the band, the crowd, we've all got the same opinion, which was. It, is, it was special something you can't describe it but there was something in the air that night yeah there was just something um i mean again i've got to thank our you know i've got to thank our support band mastodon um <laughs> they, i think they did a good job for yeah. opening us they, the ideal support band they did well but not too well yeah you know and so and 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 i think it's they're, they're des- i mean there were successful headliners but i think there definitely seems to be a certain there's a, a feedback out there that they were they were good headliners, but but some people didn't really get it. Yeah, and and maybe, frankly, you could have easily swapped Gajira Mastodon round. Yeah, um, and the night and the day would have finished on a high, but that would have been bad for us. Yeah, because I, I even saw it in reviews. Some people saying like that that Mastodon wasn't the, wasn't the crescendo of the evening they were looking for. Yeah, there was one more live band left, so let's tra- traipse over and see them. Um, and everyone did. So, it was yeah. so busy. Yeah. I mean, it, well, it was it was insane. Well, my, my viewpoint of it was 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 absolutely perfect actually, because as I said before, I, I went backstage and saw you guys, and then I went back over to dump dump all my recording gear and all that sort of thing. I literally walked back over with my phone, and you were literally starting as I came into the tent. So mm-hmm. I went on Facebook Live and I held yeah. up my phone and I went right the way from the back of the stage, right the way through. Heard you having your banter with introducing everybody and all that sort of thing. And because we were Bloodstock TV and we could get in the pit, I actually walked straight through, just nodded through to the show set guy who's still filming right the way through and just came up and as I pointed the phone on stage you saw me and come running over and pointed right into the camera and it was perfect yeah. but I went right the way from the whole yeah. of the back and it showed a full tent and everything I was just like oh that's amazing footage that was brilliant absolutely yeah. perfect so I, it all did just work just things like that yeah just everything, everything just clicked into place I mean one of my fondest memories is at the very end of the gig when we we said to everybody you know Paul was spitting my ear and said thanks security I was like yeah great it's like yeah and everybody thanks to thanks to security and to see the crowd just applaud the, the the security but then to see security mount the barrier yeah. and applaud the audience back was just yeah the, the show set guys are really you really know. good i know that i know the show set top brass to be honest your, your neck of the woods actually mr harding he's up from, from leeds lad yeah, but right. I, yeah, I used to work for them donkeys years ago so um ah. the guys that i used to work with down on the ground level one's now the managing director mark and the other one's the operations director logie so you know right. they're, they're right up there but show set always get really great reviews and, that lot, and it was great to see that because um i remember the, the crowd surfing numbers were, were somewhat high i think they were insane but again that was that was because we did you know we did went to the signing tent straight away and we did a signing as soon as we got there 
I mean, we literally, we arrived at quarter to six. We were sitting down at six o'clock. Yeah. Um, and, um, and yeah, somebody, somebody, uh, I, I, I came up to me while I was sat there signing stuff and he came up and he said, oh, the show set guys are moaning that, um, that they've only had two crowd sofa surfers so far this weekend. Um, and they've just got nothing to do and they're bored. <laughs> and, and I just, I just I looked at the guy, I was like, you have come to the right place yes yeah thank you very much for that they will not be bored tonight yes and he was just like have i done the right thing yeah <laughs> it was later later on we actually we actually pointed him out as well um but they loved it yeah they absolutely loved it and i mean it was it, it, again I, I read one of the reviews who described the amount of crown surfing during our during our set as comical it was so much I mean it was it was basically one person I think every four seconds which yeah. is what somebody figured it out yeah and um and the beauty of it is if yeah, uh, if you watch any of the footage on YouTube the minute I say that they're bored and they want you guys to come over the top with I, I literally I take a breath to start another sentence and people have started coming over yeah. <laughs> it's like we still haven't started a song we're not playing it's like the, the, but they're coming over yeah you know, it was awesome the, the rest of the weekend then af- after that doing all your press and all that sort of thing was yeah. that all you know was that all, all good fun as well and you, you got the, the vibe carrying on with that yeah it was great we walked in the press tent the following morning and well we had to walk through the main arena to get to the press tent and the minute we walked into the arena there was me pete and mark and the minute we walked into the arena, people started coming up to us and going, that was amazing last night. Oh, that was brilliant last night. Oh, that was incredible. One guy came in and said, never heard of you. Never heard of you. Don't know any of your material. Monday morning, buying everything, you, everything yeah. that you've got. Yeah. You know, and, and it was just amazing. And the, But the best one, the best one, was walking through the press area. And my old buddy, my old sparring partner, Marcos Agueda from Death Angel, who was there with Metal Allegiance. Yeah. He, he was being brought through by Claire from Nuclear Brass. And it, uh, nuclear Glass. Uh, glass? Brass? Last. <laughs> I've, I've made two labels there. Yes, don't well exist. done. Um, nuclear Brass, that's a Yorkshire thrash <laughs> label, that is. Yeah, Nuclear Brass is a fiver making album. Um, and, uh, um, but, um, yeah, we... Um, I saw I saw Mark and he was walking towards me and he was, and, and all I heard was like because you know what Mark's like he's laughing yeah, yeah. You. he's like I know this dude and he's <laughs> pointing at me and I'm, and I'm pointing back and I'm going I know this guy and we just walked up to each other and give each other a big you know big man hug yeah um, and um, and and then we came out of our man hug and Marcus Aguada just looks at me and he goes how was last night I heard it was amazing oh my god and I'm like right so word is definitely around them yes I mean and. I can't say who, but I was offered. We were uh, the following day. Uh, sorry, after we'd finished doing the press, we yeah. hanging around. Um, we were offered. Uh, we were offered a, a deal by a, a quite a big player. Yeah. Um, really cool deal as well. Yeah. Um, we had EMP merchandise saying we want to we want to make acid rain patches. Yeah. And I was like. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this is really happening, you know, and and people just coming up all the time and just saying, "That was amazing. It was great." People coming up saying, "Look, I I just have to tell you that that was absolutely incredible. Yeah. You know, we absolutely loved it. Uh, and it was, it, you know, it was insane because the weird thing is, I was saying the same thing back to them. Yeah. Anyone who came up and said it was incredible last night, I was like, well, you know, I, I hate to say it, it's a bit cheesy to say like you, no you, no you, no you. <laughs> but it was, it was a case of like, well, believe you and me, the internal discussion within the band is, you were amazing. 
you know your discussion amongst the crowd is yeah. they were amazing but our you know the discussion with us is you were amazing yeah and the, the, the one thing I've got to take away from it and the one thing I kept saying in uh, interviews as well was it it never for one minute felt like A a festival show B like it was in a big tent or C like there was about five and a half thousand people there yeah it felt like a club there was a club vibe yeah there was just a kind of there was a vibe that. well was that's what you get you get that with Bloodstock as well though anyway you get that sort of closeness like no, you say no, you talk no, about only when we play <laughs> you, you, you confuse you know what you know what I mean though about the, about the community feel you might feel. think this podcast is about Bloodstock but I think you'll find <laughs> <laughs> it's actually all about it's us. all about you yeah absolutely always yeah. cool yeah yeah, um, yeah I mean we, we interviewed a lot of bands uh, that played that weekend and you know we asked yeah. all of them who you're looking for to see and, and before there was a lot of people looking forward to see and after there was a lot of people that said that you know one of the best bands you've seen over the weekend so your your star was definitely rising from, well, from, was, from it, that it, what I've I've looked at looked looked at the forums and the community and everything else and there was there was a few people like two or three people who said best two bands of the weekend Twisted Sister and Acid Rain yeah. and I'm like well, I can die happy now. Yes. Do you know what I mean? I, I'll blow my brains out tomorrow now. I mean, uh, you know, top five, in my top five all-time live bands. Yeah. Twisted Sister, come out and play to Manchester Apollo. In my top five all-time front men, you know. Yeah. Uh, Dee Schneider's in there along with Freddie Mercury and a few others, you know. Yeah. And, and Fish from Marillion, of course. But Yeah. Uh, yeah so to, to, to act for people to le- I know they weren't comparing us to Twisted Sister but for people to say that we were even close to that level yeah. that's you know that's pretty amazing and everybody listening to this should now realise that they need to see us live yes whether they like us or not <laughs> absolutely they yeah. do so yeah we, it, I, and uh, do you know what somebody also used a word to describe it which I thought was awesome and he, he said last night and I have to agree with this which does sound arrogant but um, <laughs> he said last night you were undeniable <laughs> and I just thought, yeah, I know what he meant. It's like nothing, nothing was going to stop us. Yeah. You know? And it, and the thing is, well, I, I could see all you guys at the side stage. You're all big, big grins on your face. Oh yeah, massive. And all the crew. And when I grabbed that guy from the crew and, and square danced across the stage with him, yeah. and took him from one side of the stage to the other. I mean, like every, you know, like the sound desk and you know yeah. pissing themselves and every. And it's like, but that's the idea. The idea is like we want everyone to enjoy it no it is and it's always in a venue and there's a guy on a follow spot three floor you know three stories up we want him to be part of it yeah you know we want everyone to be part of it yeah no that is the definite thing about an acid rain show it's fun it's good fun and it is definitely a you know we're all in all in in it together absolutely that one big gang yes go out and we're gonna so people should should definitely come and see that in the in the april fools tour yeah yes they definitely should yes (laughs) this is one of the longest adverts that's that's ever been on a podcast that's what it's all about i mean so you know it's 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 acid rain it's all about you people want to hear about you as well you know well absolutely and, I, and do you know what? I, I genuinely think that um, I'd go so far as to say that that is that is our spiritual home now. Yeah. Uh, um, you can't. You can, and I know people listening might think, "All right, okay, we get it. You had a good gig. Sorry, you don't get it. Yeah. It wasn't a good gig. It was something that literally people rocking up who'd never heard of us were coming away and saying, "I'm going to get everything they've ever done." Yeah. I mean, just. The, you know the, the the volume of people coming to our Facebook page and starting liking it and Twitter followers and everything else. Yeah. You know the evidence is there and the fact that our agent turns around and we're booking a headline tour eighteen months ahead of schedule. Yeah. Hello, I'm talking to you, the listener. Wow, that is pretty incredible. You know, yeah. that is undeniable. Yeah, absolutely. You know? yeah. And it just felt it genuinely felt like when we walked out on stage. 
I've said this a number of times. It felt like the people in that tent hadn't been waiting all weekend to see us. They'd been waiting 25 years. Yeah. It was like people had just been stood there waiting, you know. And the minute we came out and we, you know, went into the tune, just went, you know, fir- first time I had the chance to speak to the, the crowd, you know, who wants to feel 18 again? Wow. What a cheer. Yeah, yeah. It just took the roof off and it was yeah. like, wow, this, we're on. <laughs> we are on yeah. and it was just awesome also got to go got to mention we normally you get certain songs you get a pit yeah we had a pit from intro tape to end of gig yeah and it was a pit yeah it was a proper old school pit by that i mean people falling over helping each other out picking up each other all the rest of it it was just such a happy vibe yeah it was such a happy vibe but when we get our heads down um, and, are, and are playing some serious BPMs, the, the pit's going mental. Yeah. You know? No, well, the, the buzz was building up all day because those, um, those Bloodstock shirts that you had um, yeah. went on sale at 10 a.m. that morning. There was, pe- there was, pe- I, there was I people I there. The, I, I think I know the first person to buy one of those. I think you might do. Uh, Am possibly. I talking to him now? <laughs> you possibly are, yeah. Also, but would you like me my, to draw a big cock on it for you? But, but, <laughs> but mine's, mine's got a black shoulders, sadly. And you oh, made yeah. sure that you came straight into the, 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 the yeah. VIP tent yeah. afterwards with your red shoulders to yeah. taunt me, yeah, didn't absolutely, you? Absolutely, yeah. We only, <laughs> made, we only made 10 with, um, with red shoulders. Yeah, and so that design, funnily enough, those skulls might come out again yeah. for a different occasion, but on a, on on red shoulder chips. Yeah, mine's all signed and everything. I might might still that on eBay. Maybe you never know. Might get a, f- a fiver for it or something. I think you'd probably barely cover your fees. <laughs> Actually, eBay would take it down. Yeah, you know, probably. That rubbish on our site. <laughs> cool. Right, well, um, yeah, I think that's that's probably about us, really. I think that's, cool. that's just covered everything we need to cover. And, uh, and right. yeah, onwards with your journey. And, uh, you. yeah, and I'll, I'll be seeing you in April. Looking forward to the new song coming out. But uh, should, we, should we finish off with a bit of Plan of the Damned? Because uh, Yeah, or, or as it's otherwise known, the, um, the now uh, live classic. Yes, um, obviously. Which, which again was really weird. We got interviewed by a few people the following day, and, like, and of course you got the new song plans, and which let's face it is you know it's pretty much a live classic now. And it's like, wow, really? yeah. No, well, it's yeah. getting there. So yeah, well, cool. It's, getting, it's, oh, it's not a live classic, is it? <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. Interview is over. Yeah, absolutely. His plan is am folks. I'm going to kick him in the head now. <laughs> Cheers, H. Thanks a lot, mate. See ya. So there's my interview with um, DJ Squatter. Um, of the Bloodstock podcast, feel free to um, to to sign up and get a listen. There's going to be some really cool stuff going on there, and um, uh, a, a little gentleman called Keith Platt is going to be um, is going to be paying a visit as well. So um, it's certainly going to be uh, going to be interesting. Excuse me, hmm. a a lovely cup of freshly ground coffee being consumed by yours truly there because. Um, I've had to put this podcast together over different points in the week. Um, it's just been a really, really busy week, so I'm actually doing this on Saturday morning, just before Acid Rain set off for our uh, headline set at uh, the Contagion Fest. Um, well, not just before; it's in the morning, and we'll be uh, we're going to be spending the day rehearsing and then heading out there. So um, I've got Mark, our drummer, asleep in the uh, in the other room. Um, so um, I, you know, I have to be a little bit quiet. No, do I fuck? Um, but just in case you're wondering why um, my uh, my dulcet tones are more dulcet than usual, then that's why. So um, uh, straight in to the next feature. Um, it's going to be. It's, oh, hang on a sec. I've just got a message from uh, just got a message from Paul here. Let's see what he's up to. And yeah, that no, he's. Um, <laughs> 
he's just sent me an amusing picture of himself heading off from Exeter in uh, on the train. So he's on his way as well. Pretty cool. Anyway, uh, sorry, complete detour there. Um, yeah, this next feature was, is the reason for the podcast um, being held up. Dan, you bastard. Um, but basically, what you're about to hear is a regular feature that's now going to be taking place um, every month um, until this shit gets sorted. Um, basically, uh, Dan from Reanimator, who's been on the podcast before um, with Kev from Reanimator, his band 13, XIII, were also, um, uh, as, as I like to call them, um, we're also on an early podcast. He's an absolutely top dude, uh, a great guy. Um, and when he was 27, um, he was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma, and um, and he beat it. Um, and then a couple of weeks ago, he he was diagnosed um, with it again, and he said he wanted to do something creative um, during his uh, during his battle. And I sent him a message straight away and said, "Look, do you want to come on the podcast and talk about it?" And he said, "Yes, definitely." So, um, this is Cancer Corner, <laughs> Dan's Cancer Corner, Dan's, ca- Dan's Cancer Catch-Up Corner, whatever you want to call it. Um, now, I appreciate that um, some of you might not be able to listen to this. For some of you, it might be a bit too close to home. Um, it, you might listen to the podcast to get away from wh- whatever is you know cancerous is going on in your life, and I, I absolutely get that, um, absolutely. Um, for anyone else, I would seriously recommend listening to this because um, Dan is um, is really open and honest and, um, uh, as far as I'm concerned, an inspiration to anybody who is suffering or has been diagnosed with uh, with cancer recently or has been through it and come out the other side and will be able to recognise what he's going through. Um, so please do have a listen, um, uh, you know, unless it's really something that is going to make you feel uncomfortable. Like, I, I get it. I absolutely get that. Um, like I said, this is going to be a regular feature. Um, we catch up with Dan um, just after his first... He's been diagnosed, but this is his first visit um, this is a few hours after his first visit to, uh, to hospital to get um, basically the, the full lowdown, or as he calls it, a fuck ton of information um, about how the chemo is going to affect him uh, going forward. So um, this is Cancer Catch-Up Corner with Cancer Dan on Talking Bollocks. Are you there? I am. I can barely hear you. Uh, yeah, you should be able to hear me now. Ah, that's better. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm, I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. I, I'm, um, uh, I, I'm. It's a fucking long-winded question. How are you doing? <laughs> um, it's a long-winded answer, to be quite honest. Um, yeah, my head's a complete fucking shed. <laughs> yeah, I, I can imagine. Okay, so is is that your first? Is that your first major visit today? Uh, no. Well, today was basically. You know how every time, if you have an operation and stuff like that, they'll sit down and tell you what they're going to do, what these side effects are going to be of whatever they're going to be giving you and what could happen, uh, like the side effects of the actual operation and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, so today um, was basically that for the chemotherapy. Um, so it was basically listing all the side effects. They've already given me a printout of it. Um, and it's basically listing all the side effects, told me the do's and don'ts uh, for while I'm going through it and all of that. So there was, a, a, as I like to say, a fuck ton of information there. <laughs> yeah, um, a fuck ton. Yeah. 
I love the idea that they've given you do's and don'ts, like like there's stuff you could do that might make you unwell. Yeah, basically, because apparently I'm not going to be unwell enough going through the chemo. <laughs> apparently I could get wet. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, yeah. That's So, I mean, it's a delicate question, um, but there's no other way of asking it. Have they, have, they, have they caught this early? Are they giving you, like, you know, are they giving you percentage chances and stuff? They've not given me a percentage chance this time. Um, I, I dare ask them, to be quite honest. Um, yeah. But they've told me that they've caught it early enough that this chemo should be able to cure it as opposed to just hold it at bay. So, so, you, that, so that's you've, good at least. So you've you've beaten it once. You've remained yeah. you've remained on their list to be kept an eye on, and then you've gone in for a, you've gone in for a sort of routine checkup, and they've gone. You know, we we found some more. Kind of, actually no. Um, I was having obviously the routine the routine checkups and everything. Um, but I was starting. It's a, it's a bit of a mad story. Like, um, well, it's not not mega mad, but um, it's like it's one my mate likes to tell people because she thinks it's bizarre. Um, right. I was. I started having like, uh, like really excruciating back spasms when I started. I started drinking rum in like September, maybe September time. I've never really drank it before. Right. Okay. I started drinking it, and then I started getting these really excruciating back spasms when I drank it when I got drunk. Right. So uh, one one night, I just, I only even had like two rum and cokes, and it just set it off like proper agony. So I googled it, thinking I was probably allergic to something, and I, I, I got onto a chiropractor's website. So I was just scrolling through the the comments on the uh, message boards and stuff. Somebody commented on it saying it's a symptom of Hodgkin's lymphoma, which is what I had before. Fucking and hell! So when you like you're on a chiropractor's website, somebody's talking about Hodgkin's, and it's the disease that you had before. You kind of you know it rings alarm bells a little bit. So I rang the hospital up, and it was like. Yeah, we need to get you in now. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, got me straight in. Um, did a, a, a PET CT scan, and they found it in my spine and my liver. So right, I, I was having it, it's, it's mad. <laughs> so, but, so <laughs> that, why that weird little thing just of like drinking booze can just cause this, these things, and then so yeah, it, all of a sudden you're going through fucking cancer again. So, so it's so it's it's so it's potent. It's there's potential here. For the next Reanimator album to be called "Rum Saved My Life," <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would advocate getting pissed on a regular basis <laughs> if it's going to, um, <laughs> if it's going to like help save your life, like like it probably has me. So that's, that's... I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be worshiping the rum as soon as this is done. Yeah, aren't you? You're gonna be like on that for the rest of your fucking life. I am. I am. It's gonna be my test just to make sure I'm still healthy. Just to get. Absolutely wasted. Yeah, yeah. If I wake up just hungover the next, it's going to be a bonus. As people will be asking you, so what's you know, obviously you're always got to be aware of cancer. How do you fight? You know, how do you fight it? You got a high fibre diet. Is it natural foods? No, I just fucking drink shit loads of yeah. rum. Early warning yeah, system. Just drink fucking rum every day. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking amazing. That really is. Um, yeah, it's mad, isn't it? But I mean, Hodgkin's uh, lymphoma. I mean, fuck. I mean. You really cornered the market on this fucker, haven't you? I mean, yeah, a little bit, yeah. Yeah, it's like you've you, you've had enough for like two or three whole bands just on your own. Yeah, just on my own. I mean, yeah, it's, I, I thought I, I was getting 
you know, people keep saying to me, oh, yeah, well, you're not getting enough attention and stuff. And I was getting, I was getting bored, basically. I was like, you know, I'll just go for fucking cancer again. So. Yeah, absolutely. That went, so. <laughs> well, yeah, like, well, like I said, you know, like I said earlier today, what a fucking waste of cancer. Let somebody, let somebody else have a go. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I like hogging the glory, don't I? So. Well, I, re- I remember, I remember Kev telling me um, about you were in rehearsals, and uh, it was when Mark was still in the band, and Mark was going on and on and on and moaning about how he had a yeah. cold, and you just let you just let him moan and moan and moan for a couple of hours, and then just looked at him and just went, "I've got fucking cancer." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did that. Yeah, yeah, I, I like to shock people every so often. I, I, I like. I'll, I'll make a couple of jokes and then I'll leave it for a while and I'll let people just get relaxed again and then I'll just boom I've got cancer mate stop whining and they'll go ah oh, shit sorry sorry <laughs> and all this stuff and it's great it's a it's a good party piece. The thing is as well is like you've you've pretty much you've pretty much got carte blanche to just act any way you like just fucking. You know, go around grabbing any woman you want, telling people to fuck off, starting fights, and everybody yeah. is just going to be, look, you know, he's got cancer. You've got to understand. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's there. There are silver linings to every cloud, out there. So yeah, absolutely. You know. <laughs> absolutely. And I will, I will be exploiting those silver linings vigorously. I can tell you that. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I might have cancer, but uh, on the yeah. upside, I'm allowed to act like a cunt. So uh, yeah, you know. Yeah, I've just glassed somebody, but I've yeah. got cancer. So what are you going to do about it? <laughs> Absolutely, people listening to this are going to get are going to be thinking, "Well, H must have had cancer for at least twenty years." Yeah, yeah, he's, they are, yeah, yeah, it's absolute fucking excuse. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, have you had to, yeah. um, have you had to put a pause on the? Uh, well, I think I read this on Facebook, but for the benefit of um, of uh, everyone listening, you, you've had to put the the gigs and everything on pause, and you're going to be doing it. You're going to be doing um, a, a video diary. Yeah, um, well, I've, I've, I've like where reanimated concerned. Um, I've I've just messaged I've, I've messaged the lads and they've only just started replying to me and told uh, they've told me I've told them what the hospital have told me sort of thing so yeah um, I will maybe I'll, I'll let them sort of announce what what our plans are before I sort of discuss that too much I guess yeah sure um, uh, but yeah I'm gonna be doing like uh, I thought because I just kind of thought the last time I did it I, I wanted to I wanted I wanted to do something good with it because I just kind of thought, as as much as like you know, you see all these films and stuff about the dramatized cancer a lot in Hollywood and all this stuff, and then at the end of it, there's like there's always they've always like they they get this sort of epiphany and they always have like a a new lease for life, and then they travel travel the world and they go and do all this that and the other and all this stuff, and it's just not like that. (laughs) Yeah, part of it's just really pedestrian. And yeah. part of it's just completely traumatic, and then so I just kind of thought I wanted I, I wanted to consciously do something again against it as my way of fighting it like in my head as well. So like the last yeah. time I did it, I went and I organised uh, a gig um, to raise to raise money for Macmillan. Yeah, and we ended up raising like seven hundred and fourteen quid in total, and that all got donated to Macmillan sort of thing. So I thought this time. Because last time I kept it quiet, sort of thing. I, I told the few people who were going to be around to notice yeah. um, that I was going through it. Um, and but then apart from that, I just kept it quiet. So I I didn't want to go not 
not making a fuss as such, but because I'd kept it quiet, there wasn't too much I could do where there was like like there was a profile for it sort of thing. So this time I thought if I put it out there and then I'll think about doing something else that I can maybe do something that I can show people while I'm going through it. Not in like a sick way, but it's like, because I say there's so many myths about what cancer's like and all this stuff. And there's so, so many unanswered questions for people that are maybe being threatened with it. Yeah. That I thought if I can maybe put this out there, it might it might educate people or it might help people feel a little bit at ease. Yeah. Sort of thing. And then again, there's just my sort of, sort of little rebellion against it as well. It's like trying to give people, trying to get something good out of it. Oh, yeah. shit situation. So I mean, it, that was kind of my thought process with it. Well, I think it's a great idea, and and uh, also, you know, there's there's. I mean, I'm I'm going to do an intro prior to to this interview, and and, and obviously say, you know, look for for some people, um, you know, li- listening to this section of the of the show, which we want to do every month, um, it is is going to be it. Is, they're not going to be able to do it because it's either too close to home, you know, or yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. or, or 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 they've got a friend or a loved one going through it, and and Absolutely, you know they, yeah. they they just want to try and get away from it, and and that's totally yeah. understandable. But on the other side of things, there's going to be people wanting to 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 hear a different side of things and and empathising with it, or people like yourself who've who've come out of it and and yeah. you know are kind of like right, what what do I do next, kind of thing. Yeah, um, absolutely. Did, were you, were you... And for me as well, um, one of the things, like, uh, I, I, it took me ages to sort of, I was watching, like, when when the hospital told me um, that they'd found something in my spine and my liver, uh, I think in November, and I watched the, you know, the film Deadpool again. Um, yeah. Because obviously, have you, did you see that? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it, yeah, yeah, yeah. So obviously he gets diagnosed with uh, cancer the uh, um, the like at the beginning of it, and that's kind of yeah. the whole arc of the story. And so I, and that one of the reasons I watched it was just kind of to get to find a bit of humour in the situation. And I kind of uh, I googled it like I was looking for just like that quotes. I was just looking for more Deadpool stuff that about, that was about cancer just to give a get a bit of a laugh. Yeah, and I found this blog about how. Some like a blog or an article or something that some girl had written how, about how Deadpool is like, or she said, even though it's all metaphorical, it's one of the most realistic depictions of cancer in Hollywood because of how, um, I mean, it's like, even like, as it, well, the bits, you know, like where he goes to the te- like the treat that, um, that science sort of like, uh, the facility and all this stuff, and then the, he's getting injected with the stuff which is going to be like the chemo thing, and then where the the torture in him and stuff like that. And I was like, well, I've done it's it's very metaphorical because I did a bone marrow biopsy, which I can tell you right uh, now was not the most pleasant experience. Oh. And then I had a spinal biopsy just after that, and then oh. I had just a couple of weeks ago I had keel surgery on my liver, uh, where they pump your abdomen full of gas and everything to like make room for your organs and stuff and you've got to wait for that to disappear which is painful oh. there was so much in that and it was like and that was a thing so it was like one of the things you don't realize until a lot afterwards and i didn't realize how much i'd sort of gone a bit mad as well was <laughs> is you don't realize how sort of alienated you become and it's yeah. not intentional yeah but because you're going through this thing there's not many people where you can really explain it to them because 
it kind of feels like they don't get the fact that you have sat and considered the idea that you might not live past the next fucking year or so. Yeah. So, so the idea with the video diaries as well was kind of to give other people a bit of a thing to em- like not not empathise with, but just to not feel alone. You know, if, yeah. if, if, if there's somebody watching it who's going through it, they can hopefully watch it and go, shit, I'm going through that too. There's somebody who fucking gets what I'm going through and stuff. So yeah, absolutely. That I was mean, the idea as well. Well, it's, yeah, the, the same way that you found that Deadpool blog, it's the, the you know some you know you were on Google just looking for for stuff, yeah. um, some and somebody might might find your blog and it'll have that same effect. Exactly, yeah, exactly. When so, you... and as I say, it's it's, it's 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 not an easy thing to go through. Any, anyway, no matter what what face you put on it, you can put as brave face as you want on it. You, your head is just going constantly. So, oh, if, so... if I if I can help people feel a little bit better about themselves while they're going to it then I'm cool with that. Oh, stop going on. It's a piece of yeah. piss. <laughs> it's yeah. a piece of piss, you attention seeking yeah, yeah. bastard. Yeah, you wound <laughs> you. Just pack it in. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Had cancer once, chemo. Had cancer twice, chemo. Third time, just yeah. tell it to fuck off. Yeah, yeah. Actually, no, the first time I managed to get away with just doing radiotherapy, which still wasn't ah. fun. Yeah, uh, but there was there was a little part of me that was a, that felt really guilty that I didn't feel chemo the first time, and so I've, I've kind of shot myself in the foot. But it might be a little bit of karma. Well, so. wow, that yeah, but that that's that's almost survivor's guilt there. That is the human condition right there. That is you surviving. Absolutely. That's you surviving something, and then your brain going, yeah, you're you're a you're a twat for surviving. You are. Yeah, it, that's exactly it. Like if, if if I hear any sort of story about somebody that hasn't survived it, I'm a complete fucking train wreck <laughs> for a few hours I'm just completely devastated yeah which again is just so awful because after that then you think what you should be thankful you survived it so yeah um, I, but but the thing is I mean circle, yeah but I guess I guess it's there's there's it's it's whilst listening to you talk I was thinking it's quite it sounds quite similar to grief except it's your own life that you're grieving over oh yeah yeah that, that's definitely yeah absolutely <laughs> Yeah, it was like uh, my 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 key worker today. Like she was, she basically, as as I say afterwards, like she she because uh, uh, took me dad with me today, sort of thing. And um, she's asking to go and sit outside. She was like, "Are you all right?" So I was like, "Yeah, you know, I'm just got to get on with it." And she was like, "Yeah, but this is not really something that a 28 year old should have to go through. It's not where you where a 28 year old really expects to be in their life." So it's, it's and not anybody in general, not just a 28 year old, but yeah, you know what I mean, sort of thing. So it's it's, it's one of them things. It's your life does get put completely on hold while you're trying to while you're fighting it, basically. Well, that's that's the other thing as well. Is like there, there's there's a whole shitload of practicalities here as well. It's like do, does yeah. you know does 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 your work continue to pay? you know to pay you how do you do you know what i mean there's literally the fucking practicalities of right my yeah. life's being put on hold but the world's going to keep spinning how the fuck do i kind of balance the two absolutely yeah so it's and they're saying oh do you do you think you'll be up to going into work and i'm like well i want to keep going into work partly for my own sanity i don't want to yeah. be sat at home for i mean this, this chemo thing's going to take almost five months so I don't want to be sat at home for the entire thing just thinking about chemo because I'm just going to be absolutely insane. Yeah. So I want to keep going into work, but then like, well, I don't think you're going to be able to do the full hours and all this stuff. So yeah, there's so, there's so much thing. Like like you say, like the practicalities also of 
like the fact that chemo just completely wipes out your immune system. Yeah. So it's like you're avoid, you've got to avoid anybody who might have a slight runny nose because that can just kill your system and fuck you. So yeah. It's, there's so many things that you've got to consider. And like you say, the world does keep turning, but your life just stops, stops while you survive it. Yeah, and, and I, I guess when, when you survived it the first time, um, mm. was there a period of time afterwards where you're like, wow, it's completely redefined my life, I've got the all clear, I know what's important in life now and all the rest of it. But it, do, does that sense also wear off? And after a while, you almost forget that you had it and you just, you just get caught up in, in, like, you know, in life the way anyone else does? Well, for me, um, I tried, especially just before... I started my treatment. I tried getting into the whole, right, I'm going to go and travel the world and all this fucking stuff. And then I did the treatment and all this, and then it finished. And then, then once the treatment finished, they said, right, we've got to wait three months for the radiation to get out of your system before we can scan you again. And for me, the worst part about the entire thing was the waiting. It was the first time I had the PET scans, and then I had to wait for the results for that. For that. Yeah. And to say whether or not, because they told me when I first went to his Castle Hill Hospital, well, I should also, I just want to say, for, just for anybody who's got it, you're in the best hands you could possibly be, and it's the best hospital I've ever been to. The staff there are just beyond amazing. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so they said to me, right, look, looking at the evidence and stuff, it's a lymphoma, um, but we need to do all these scans and stuff to actually tick a few boxes and confirm it. We can't just say, right, it's a lymphoma going to do so, so we need to do the biopsies, we need to do all this. Um, so did all the biopsies, and then you have to wait a week or two for them to test them and get the results back. So those weeks between doing the biopsies and getting the results are awful because yeah. your brain is just going constantly. And then after doing the radiotherapy, as I said, then I have to wait three months for the radiation to get out of my system yeah. before they could scan me again. Otherwise, on the scan, it's just going to completely light up because it's like the radiation's all from there. Yeah. So those three months, again, were just absolutely maddening. It's because it's in your head constantly still. It's like, what if it hasn't gone away? What if the radiotherapy hasn't worked? Uh, yeah, well, you just you, you're in, that. you're in, you're basically in in limbo, aren't you? You neither you neither exactly, cured yeah. nor condemned. You're just fucking Absolutely. sat there, left, and, you, and once your brain is left alone, once you're left to your own devices, funny, funnily enough, your subconscious is never positive. No, he's not, is it? It's never no. positive. No, no. <laughs> I've noticed. Yeah. I've become quite um, bad friends with my. Uh, with my subconscious, I'm not too keen on it at the minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because your subconscious. Because the the thing is, it's like, it's almost like this, there'll be part of your mind going, "Come on, fucking be positive, be positive." And then there's the other yeah. side of your brain going, "Oh, for fuck's sake, what are you doing? Don't you dare have any hope. You're just getting your hopes up for no reason." Exactly. Yeah, it's like having a fucking gorilla on your back. That I think it's just, yeah, absolutely maddening. Yeah. And um, so. Yeah, so once they eventually said, right, uh, you're in remission, we'll be keeping an eye on you for the next five years and all this stuff. Kind of got out of it, I was like, right, I'm going out. And I, I went out and I got pissed. What? And I got laid and I was just like, <laughs> right, this, uh, this is great. And then the next day, I was just like, you know, there's a couple of days afterwards where you just go, what the fuck have I just... It's, you know, like, where you, you're like, you focus so much on fighting it that the, the, next, the next few days afterwards, you're like, fuck, what have I actually just been through? Yeah. 
and it's it's one of them things afterwards. It's you want you finally start sinking in what what's been going on for the past um, what was it like six months last time or something like that altogether. The entire from start to finish is about six or seven months or something. Yeah. So it's, you you sort of sit down and go, Jesus Christ, what have I just been through? And then there's but then for me there's always there's and I've heard other people say this as well. I know one other person who who had um, she had cervical cancer, bless her, and she she's had a last ever checkup because as I say, they keep an eye on you for five years. Had a last ever checkup, and she was absolutely gutted when they told her we're not going to be good, like good on you. You've survived the five years; it's not come back. But now we're not going to be keeping an eye on you. And she was yeah. like, "It was the worst, best news she's ever received." Yes, because yeah. because then all all the doubt, all the doubt comes in the back. back. Of your head. Yeah, saying what if it comes back? Yeah, you can't not panic about it, sort of thing. Yeah, no, I know, I know exactly what you mean on a on a on a on a much 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 smaller level. It was like when mm. it was like I, I had my ACL operation done on my knee, and when physio right. when physio said you don't need to come anymore, I was like, mm. exactly that. But who 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 the fuck am, who the fuck's going to tell me what what to do next? Who you know how exactly, yeah. how how do I know if I'm really all right? Yeah, you know, exactly. And and uh, I, I could, that that must be yeah, that must be a fucking horrible situation to be in. Well, you've got yeah. that. Well, hopefully, best case scenario, you've got that to look forward to. <laughs> yeah, I, I really hope I have to be honest. <laughs> yeah. yeah, five years time when the hospital tell you to fuck off for good, you've got a yeah. ho- you've got a whole shed load of new worries. Yeah, yes, but it's, it's they're not the good worries to have. I guess I yeah. don't know if you, if you want to try and put a good slant on it. I don't know. You've got to try and look for the positives and all of it, haven't you? Really? Well, you so, have because otherwise... you, you have because you're constantly battling that subconscious that 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 wants yeah, that wants exactly. to dwell on it and want and wants to bring you down. Um, yeah. But also, I think I think a certain part of that is our own is our own mental um, kind of it's it's self protection. It is it is that yeah. part of your brain going. Look, don't be thinking positive because you're giving yeah. yourself a false sense of hope. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, and it's it's awful. But like when people say to me, Dan, like you you might be all right. You're like they were saying like before I got the results and stuff. They're like, how are you doing? So I was like, you know, bricking it a little bit. But yeah, I'm getting on with it. It's like, but it might be it might be all right. And I'd say to them, don't fucking tell me that it might be all right because then I'll sit there getting my hopes up. And when I sit down and they say it's not all right, I'm gonna be even more gutted, sort of thing. So yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. And it's so hard because it's you're trying to keep on an even keel, aren't you? You're trying to avoid yeah, the disaster exactly, yeah. scenario. Because at the same time, you don't want to sit there complaining about it all the time because you know you just kind of make everybody you're going to make everyone miserable, and you don't want to be thinking about even though it's in your head. You want you don't want that to be the only thing you're talking about. And, you know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's yeah, one of no, things I'm, where. Well, absolutely. You do, you also you don't want to spend. You, you know, I I mean to. You don't want to spend if it's if it's going to be your last six, nine, twelve months on Earth or whatever. You don't want to spend it fucking sat in a corner moping. Exactly, exactly, yeah, exactly. So it's yeah, like you say, you're trying to stay on an even keel. You you, you want to be you want to accept what's going on so that you can concentrate on fighting it. But at the same time, you don't want it to completely consume you to the point of like debilitation. Yeah. So trying to find that balance is also like. 
you know, it's a, like a daily task sort of thing. And obviously you have days where you just go, oh, fuck, what the fuck? And then other days you're like, nah, fighting it. But so luckily I had more days of the light last time. So yeah. I'm going to deal with it this time. will be something for me to see, isn't it? Um, so, yeah. Well, the thing is, I mean, you know, as you said, you know, you've you've been through you've been through something before that was radiotherapy. Now, it, it you know, you're, yep. you're you're up in the ante. Um, yeah. You know, take, taking it <laughs> taking it to the next level. You're not fucking. You know, let's not fuck about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Go no, I don't go on. <laughs> <laughs> fuck. How comes? How catching is it? I can't catch it off you over the fucking phone, can I? Um, it's, I've, I've heard that you can, so I would, you, you know, don't, don't you, get too comfortable. You fucking twat. Well, I, I was going to call this, I was going to call this, um, uh, Dan's Cancer Catch-Up Corner. Yeah, so it's got a good ring to it, that. <laughs> it has, hasn't it? It's got a nice, nice alliteration to it. Um, yeah. Or, um, you know, uh, Dan Dan the Cancer Man. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like ramen. Yeah, you know, you're exercising a skill there. Well, look, I tell you what. Yeah, yeah, that's as close as I'm ever going to get to rapping. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think um, I tell you what, though, when you make it through this fucker, um, yeah, I, I, I think we should. Um, I think we should definitely try and put some songs together, um, taking the piss out of cancer. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, you know? I mean, I, the, 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 honestly, like. The humour that you develop as well, like while you're going through it, it's like there's, there's so many times where I've made I've made jokes about it because that's how I've just dealt with it. Yeah, and there's people sat there going, "Jesus Christ, you can't say that." I'm like, "Yeah, they 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 I feel un- they, they feel uncomfortable, yeah, but because they haven't got so, cancer." Yeah, so, um, I'd be quite happy to sit down and get a load of songs together and yeah, you know, make just, a few anthems. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I can, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it, but it, it's. I guess it's. You know, look, it's each to their own, isn't it? And all you can do is is deal with it your way and put that out exactly, there in the yeah. world and hope that. By the way, how can how can when are you going to start doing the video blog and how can people find you? Um. Well, I'm actually planning. I might do the first one tomorrow. Um. Just. This ticket. I was like, I was thinking today, right? I'll go and do the pre-assessment, and then I'll get home, and I'll, I'll, I'll sit. Then I'll go. Right, this is what I've just, just done at hospital today. But there's so much information that they're telling you about, about, and say what the chemo is going to do to you, what your routine is going to be, and, and all this fucking stuff. I was just like, wow, you know, it's like it feels like the after effects have been cracked by Tyson. You know what I mean? Just your yeah. head's just completely fuzzy. So this is the first sort of like in the last hour or so as well. I've just sort of like started processing a little bit. So I think I might give it a go tomorrow. I'm going to go out and get hammered tonight. I think <laughs> I might give the uh, the uh, <laughs> I might give the video blog a go like tomorrow tomorrow dinner time maybe. Yeah. And I think I'll upload it to the 13 YouTube channel, uh, right. which is youtube.com forward slash music by X I I I. Yeah, X I I I, as I like to call the band. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely, our extra large, 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 as somebody called us once. Yeah. Um, <laughs> ridiculous. Um, so, yeah, and I'll upload it to me on Facebook page as well, and, you know, hopefully if I've got a couple options of people for where people can share it about, then well, all I, this stuff. I, I yeah. mean, it'll be, it'll be even more self-indulgent than this conversation with you and me is going to be, because <laughs> it's just going to be me rambling at my camera sort of thing. But, hey, look, it's but, all, it's yeah, all good, it's all good, man. 
it's all good. And I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll obviously, um, um, I'll share the links, but I'll tweet them out from from the Talking nice Bollocks thing. account. I'll tweet them out from the Acid Rain account. Um, I'd certainly suggest if you're not on Twitter, um, I, yeah. I, I would set yourself up a Twitter account. Right. Because it's a really good, okay. it's a really good thing to do this because because I think you can or you could also get cancer charities involved with what, right. with what you're doing and they'll retweet it and you've got more chance right. of reaching more you know more people in a situation right. that's similar to yours. Okay, that might be a good idea. I've, we've got a Twitter account, but we just don't use it. Um, yeah, I don't know, I've, I've got my own Twitter account as well. I don't use that, but. Yeah, I might have a look at it. Yeah, no, I definitely, I definitely um, set it up, um, and yeah, um, uh, yeah and, and because it is a way, because the mi- the minute that you that you know you you send out a tweet with a link, and then and you include like you know UK cancer charity or whatever, or mm. you know, um, th- that is the kind of thing that they will share and say, look, you know, there's there's this brave guy going through this. Um, here's his video diary for anybody, and you know, you'll you'll get the word out. Right. Okay. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll have a look into that then. Cool. That'd be a good cool. idea, actually. Yeah. Cheers for that. No worries, man. No worries, fella. Well, look, you go out and get fucking hammered tonight, and um, I think I will do. And um, let us let us know. Get that get that link up on um, as soon as you've done it. When it's up, get it on Facebook. As soon as I see it, I'll um, I'll get it up and I'll tweet it out as well. And um, I mean, no, I'll, cool. I'll wait until this podcast is out because otherwise, people are just yeah. going to think it's a bit fucking weird. They're going to think it's fucking weird anyway. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're going to think it's absolutely insane. Yeah, absolutely. I just want to talk about pics. <laughs> yeah. well, we're going to talk about tits and bollocks, and you're getting a fucking cancer patient on here. What are you doing? Absolutely, yeah. So we're gonna. So it's um, it's Dan's cancer corner. We're gonna be on every month, and um, <laughs> this is this is month one. Um, hang month in there, one, mate. Yeah. Hang in there, mate. And um, let's, uh, let's let's speak again next month. All right. Absolutely. Thanks for ringing us, dude. No worries, mate. You take care. I will do. You too, mate. Have a good night. You too. Cheers. Cheers. Bye bye. So there you go, folks. Um, we are all going to go through uh, this with Dan together. And um, I hope you... Um, sorry, I'm doing this again. Oh. God, that coffee's good. Um, I hope you all appreciate that um, this is something that really needs to be done. Um, uh, there is people out there who, as as revealed in that interview, you know, suffering, you go through so many different emotions and um, uh, and by the sounds of it, I, I mean, I can't imagine, I can't imagine what it's like to go through, and as Dan points out there, you know, to, to sit down and actually consider your own mortality, I think is something, uh, uh, well, hardly any of us ever do. So, um, uh, hopefully that provides help to anybody out there, who and, and please do get in touch with the podcast, um, you know where to go and get the, um, to go and get the... Uh, the video feed, I will be sharing that as much as I can um, on Twitter, getting charities involved and everything else. And, and, and um, you know, let's just uh, let's just get um, uh, Dan's got such a unique and such a such a um, combative and bright attitude towards this disease. I, it can't fail to be an inspiration to people. And I um, I just I, I just want to try and help. That's all. So um so anyway, that is the end of uh, of this episode. Uh, I mean, I mean, one of the more bizarre episodes of Talking Bollocks. I think you'll uh, I think you'll agree. Um, but hey, you know that's uh, that's that's what you've come to expect—the unexpected. Um, I, I can't thank any of you enough 
for uh, for listening to the show. Please do share it. Um, please do subscribe, people, to the to the podcast, whether they like it or not. Um, it, it's it, you know, I, I really want to keep. I really want to keep growing here. I really, really, really do. So, um, if you can help that process, that would be fucking awesome. Um, I'm no doubt I will see you all out and about um, uh, at various gigs uh, and and alike. Um, and um, once again, like I said, it's just it's an honour, it's a pleasure being in your ears every month. It really is. Um, I hope that you've enjoyed the podcast and um, and just tell as many people about it, and certainly tell as many people about about dance section at least as as possible. Um, please do. Anyway, thank you to all my guests. Um, this is weird, isn't it? Because I've, I've said uh, I, I introduced Dan's um, interviews like on Talking Bollocks, which I've never done before. And now I'm thanking my guests at the end of the podcast. This is in danger of becoming a bit too professional and organised. So, um, con, 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 There we go. Let's just, um, let's finish the way. Let's finish with something that you're used to. Me being a complete tosser. Um, uh, anyway. It's time to finish up. It's time to finish up. And we always finish with a song. Nearly always, again, like to keep you on your toes. Um, I'm sure some of you will be expecting this. It is from uh, the um, superb album uh, by Famous Last Words, Council of the Dead. And um, it's um, the final, well, it's the penultimate track on the album. And, um, and one which I urge you to go and watch the video of. So um, it's been an absolute pleasure. Hope you all enjoyed the podcast. If you didn't, fuck you. You don't know quality content when it's right in front of you. Pearls before swine. This one is famous last words and one in the chamber. See you next month.